Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through.
what I want you to pay, I mean, of course, pay attention to what they're talking about here, the the, uh, the show. And, of course, Biden, I mean, he didn't do very many gaps, if gaps at all. Now, I think we actually know now what Biden has been doing all these months, why he has not uh, been coming out. He's been resting and preparing for last night's debate. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's even on Adderall. I don't know. Some people are contending that uh, perhaps. I mean, that's something for maybe another time. Uh, but anyway, he didn't do anything that I thought he was going to do when it came to his normal gas. I mean, even gas that he had during the Democrat primary debate. Uh, but of course, he's probably campaigning less now than he was when he was running for the primary. I don't know how many people have uh, looked into that or if that's ever been pointed out. Uh, but anyway, the beginning before, it's an hour and a half clip, so I'm going to uh, limit uh, the before. I mean, I got We'll take one caller probably, and then I'll I'll play it. But anyway, you know, certainly pay attention to what they're doing. But I'll pay attention to mostly, and I want to definitely want to dig, uh, get on this tonight is talking about Chris Wallace. And now we all know he's a Democrat. Uh, he's registered Democrat. Why Fox News continually puts him? I know it's. I don't know, but my speculation is that oh well, we're trying to maintain fair and climate. We have now. Uh, that to have some, you know, besides, and he's obviously biased, so just pay attention to them. I mean, I know you will, but anyway, so I want to go ahead and get at least one caller in before I put the audio in, and then please uh, stay around for the commentary analysis. I mean, I'd be happy to spend an hour of it. Actually, I wouldn't, but I could uh, give an hour of it, uh, of my own analysis and commentary, but of course, I do prefer it to be for you know folks who are calling in tonight. Uh, we won't be having our our good friend Joseph on tonight. Uh, he'll be uh, hopefully coming back you know next week. And next week, next week we might actually uh, and you might hear some background noise just like on this audio clip because I, I played this audio live. Um, I played this audio live, and so you might hear me or something in the background or some people in the background uh, during the debate. And, and actually next Wednesday is the vice president debate. My plan is at this point to actually just uh, do a, a, an earlier show and just play it and then do our own commentary uh, after that. Uh, but we'll see how things pan out, but let's go ahead. I believe we have Dave on the line. Uh, thank you very much, Dave, for um, coming to the show. How are you tonight? Okay, no, that's David. It's Joseph. Joseph, you're good. You are able to come on. I thought it was David. Uh, thank you very much, Joseph. How are you? Absolutely. Pleasure to be on. Uh, initially, I wasn't going to be able to make it, but gladly I can. I'm going to be really oh, short great. and brief so you could get to the to the clip. But as always, I hope you and your family are doing okay. And um, I watched the debate last night. Uh, you're <laughs> welcome. Uh, anytime. I watched the debate last night, and a, had Trump not interrupted every three seconds, he would have given Biden the opportunity to make a lot more gaps. But if you listen to the debate carefully, uh, he did say uh, at one point, shut up, man, you're a clown, you're a racist. So, you know, he did make quite a few um, outlandish statements and comments. And he did have uh, a few gaffes. And that what was so frustrating. It's because Trump came in with the home field advantage. And I'm sure Rudy Giuliani must have been pulling his hair out of his head because I'm pretty sure Rudy Giuliani did not prep him to 
interrupt every three seconds. And that is the worst fear a debate coach can have. And I've been down that road is when you prep a candidate and you tell them you have to follow the script to the letter and then the candidate goes rogue. And I think that's where Trump went wrong. And instead of putting the focus and the spotlight on Trump, instead the focus and the spotlight went on between Trump and Chris Wallace. And that was the, the biggest problem of the debate. And in one point of the debate, even Chris Wallace said, President Trump, you agree to these rules. And so Biden was making the argument that don't elect Donald Trump because he's a liar. And we all know, Robert, perception always outweighs the truth. And I'm thinking if I was an independent watching that debate and Trump could not even honor his commitment on following the rules, well, then that would leave me dumbfounded and a bit confused. And that's all I I have to say for now about my analysis (laughs) on that. And we'll delve more into that after the clip. But um, yeah, that's where Trump went wrong. I couldn't agree with you more. I was very disappointed because, you know, Trump has the capacity to uh, do better than that. And he has to maintain his composure for the second and third debate uh, if he wants to be successful on November the 3rd. Yeah, we'll definitely get, give more commentary after the uh, we, we play the debate here. I know a lot of it's honestly it's, it's kind of rough listening, uh, but you know, be that as it may, you know, there's a lot of folks who haven't, and I do like this to be you know seen it in its entirety or heard it in its entirety. And so, who knows? Maybe I watched it last night, and now maybe just re, uh, hearing it. Uh, I'll be able to glean some more. I mean, of, of course, I still got plenty of notes from last night, uh, but maybe we'll, we'll hear some more. Uh, but let's go ahead and key up the the, the first debate. And of course, we'll, we're going to touch those issues that you talked about, of course, and more uh, after we do our analysis. So let's go ahead and get that so that we can have plenty of time uh, to do that. Cause we'll only, it's an hour and a half, and so we may only have about. It's a three-hour show, so I mean, I guess they'll give us over an hour. Um, the, the audio would probably get us to um, almost midnight, uh, which would be the bar logic after dark hour. But um, we'll, we'll, we should have at least an hour then to uh, be able to do our, our commentary and analysis. But here we go. I'll, I'll mute our mics, and here we go. The first uh, presidential debate between uh, Biden and President Trump is in there. And I do kind of contend Wallace, but we'll, we'll go into more of that later. Trump and the Democratic nominee, Vice President Biden. Gentlemen, a lot of people have been waiting for this night, so let's get going. Our first subject is the Supreme Court. President Trump, you nominated Amy Coney Barrett over the weekend to succeed the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the court. You say the Constitution is clear about your obligation and the Senate's to consider a nominee to the court. 
Vice President Biden, you say that this is an effort by the president and Republicans to jam through an appointment and what you call an abuse of power. My first question to both of you tonight, why are you right in the argument you make and your opponent wrong? And where do you think a Justice Barrett would take the court? President Trump, in this first segment, you go first, two minutes. Thank you very much, Chris. I will tell you very simply, we won the election. Elections have consequences. We have the Senate, we have the White House, and we have a phenomenal nominee, respected by all, top, top academic, uh, good in every way, good in every way. In fact, uh, some of her biggest endorsers are very liberal people from Notre Dame and other places. So I think she's going to be fantastic. We have plenty of time. Uh, even if we did it after the election itself. I have a lot of time after the election, as you know. So I think that uh, she will be outstanding. She's going to be uh, as good as anybody that has served on that court. We really feel that. Uh, we have a professor at Notre Dame, highly respected by all, said she's the single greatest student he's ever had. He's been a professor for a long time at a great school. And uh, we just, uh, we won the election, and therefore we have the right to choose her. And very few people knowingly would say otherwise. And by the way, the Democrats, they wouldn't even think about not doing it. If they had, the only difference is to try and do it faster. There's no way they would give it up. They had Merritt Garland, but the problem is they didn't have the election. So they were stopped. And probably that would happen in reverse also. Definitely would happen in reverse. So we won the election and we have the right to do it, Chris. President Trump, thank you. Um, same question to you, Vice President Biden. You have two minutes. Well, first of all, um, thank you for doing this and looking thank forward you. to this, Mr. President. Thank you, Joe. I, uh, the American people have a right to have a say in who the Supreme Court nominee is. And that say occurs when they vote for a United States senators and when they vote for the President of the United States. They're not going to get that chance now because we're in the middle of an election already. The election has already started. Tens of thousands of people have already voted. And so the thing that should happen is we should wait. We should wait and see what the outcome of this election is, because that's the only way the American people get to express their view is by who they elect as president and who they elect as vice president. Now, what's at stake here is the president's made it clear he wants to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. He's been running on that. He ran on that. And he's been governing on that. He's in the Supreme Court right now trying to get rid of uh, the, uh, the Affordable Care Act which uh, will strip 20 million people from having insurance, health insurance now, if it, if they, if it goes in the court. And, and uh, the justice, and I have nothing, I'm not opposed to the justices, but she seems like a very fine person. But she's written before she went in the bench, which is her right, that she thinks that the Affordable Care Act is not constitutional. The other thing that's on the court, and if, if, if it's struck down, what happens? Women's rights are fundamentally changed. Once again, a woman could be held pay more money because she has a pre-existing condition of pregnancy. We were able to, they were able to charge a woman more for the same exact procedure a man did, gets. And that ended when we, in fact, passed the Affordable Care Act. And there's 100 million people who have pre-existing conditions, and they'll be taken away as well. Those pre-existing conditions, the insurance companies are going to love this. And so it's just not appropriate to do this before this election. If he wins the election and the Senate is Democrat or Republican, 
then it, he goes forward. If not, we should wait until February. All right. There aren't 100 million people with pre-existing conditions. As far as the say is concerned, the people already had their say. They, okay, Justice Ginsburg said very powerfully, very strongly, at some point, 10 years ago or so, she said a president and the Senate is elected for a period of time, but a president's elected for four years. We're not elected for three years. I'm not elected for three years. So we have the Senate, we have a president. He's elected to the next During election. that period of time, during that period of time, we have an opening. I'm not elected for three years, I'm elected for four years. The and the 100 million people, Joe, the 100 million people is totally wrong. I don't know where you got that number. The bigger problem that you have is that you're going to extinguish 180 million people with their private health care, that they're very That's happy That's simply with. not true. Well, you're that simply going that, to socialist. You're that, going to this, socialist. This, 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 we're, we're now into, gentlemen, we're now into open discussion. Open discussion. Open discussion. Yes, I agree. Go ahead, Vice President. Number please. one, uh, he, he knows that uh, what I proposed. What I proposed is that uh, we expand Obamacare and we increase it. We do not wipe any, and one of the big debates we had with 23 of my colleagues trying to win the nomination that I won, were saying that Biden wanted to allow people to have private insurance still. They can, they do, they will under my proposal. It's not what you've said, but and it's not what your party is, has said. That is simply Your party doesn't say it. Your party that wants to go socialist my party is and me. Socialist right now, I am and the Democratic And they're gonna dominate party. you, Joe, you know that. I am the Democratic Party right now. The platform of the Democratic Party is what I, in fact, approved of, what I approved of. Now, here's the deal. The deal is that it's going to wipe out pre-existing conditions. And by the way, the 20, the 200 million, the 200,000 people that have died on his watch, how many of those have survived? Well, there's 7 million people that contracted COVID. What does it mean for them going forward if you strike down the Affordable Care Act? And Joe, you've had 308,000 military people dying because you couldn't provide them proper health care in the military. So don't tell me I'm about this. I'm happy to talk about And if you were here, you, it wouldn't be deal. 200. It would be 2 million people because you were very late on the draw. You late didn't want me to draw. ban China, which was heavily infected. You didn't want me to ban... All right, we're, gentlemen, Europe, right, we're, which no, was heavily Mr. President, infected. You would Mr. have been President, much later, Joe. Mr. President, Mr. President, later. Mr. President you're talking about 2 million people. You're not President, as a moderator... <laughs> we are going to talk about COVID in the next segment, but, but go ahead. Let me finish. The point is that the president also is opposed to Roe v. Wade. That's on the ballot as well in the court, in the court. And so that's also at stake right now. And so the election is all You don't know it's on the ballot. I, Why is it in the ballot? Because, because Why is you it on the ballot? It's not on the ballot. It's on the ballot in the I court. I don't think so. In the court. Well, There's nothing happening there. Donald, would and you, you just don't know her me? view on Roe v. Wade. You I don't, don't know her know. view. Well, all right, let's all right, let's talk. I would. We got a lot to unpack here, gentlemen. We got a lot of time, so <laughs> uh, on health care, and then we'll come back to Roe v. Wade. All right, Mr. President, the Supreme Court will hear a case a week after the election in which the Trump administration, along with 18 state attorneys general, are seeking to overturn That's right. Obamacare, to end Obamacare. You have spent the last... Because they want to give I, good health care. If, if I may ask my question, sir. Good health care. Over uh, the last four years, you have promised to repeal and replace Obamacare, but you have never in these four years come up with a plan, a comprehensive plan yes, to I replace have. Obamacare. Of course I have. 
Well, I'll I've give you an opportunity. I'm going to give you an Excuse opportunity. Me. I got I... rid of the individual mandate, which was that a big not joke a comprehensive plan. That is absolutely a big thing. That was the worst I, I part of Obamacare. Chris, that was the worst part me. of Obamacare. Let me ask my question. Well, I'll, I'll ask Joe. I, 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 the individual I, mandate I, was the most unpopular Vice aspect Pre of Obamacare. I got rid of it. I'd like and to we will protect Mr. people President, with I'm the moderator of this debate, and I would like you to let me ask my question, and then you can answer your question. You, in the course of these four years, have never come up with a comprehensive plan to replace Obamacare. And just this last Thursday, you signed a largely symbolic executive order to protect people with pre-existing conditions five days before this debate. So my question, sir, is what is the Trump health care plan? Right. Well, first of all, I guess I'm debating you, not him, but that's okay. I'm not surprised. Let me just tell you something. <laughs> that there's nothing symbolic. I'm cutting drug prices. I'm going with favored nations, which no president has the courage to do because you're going against big pharma. Drug prices will be coming down 80 or 90 percent. You could have done it during your 47-year period in government, but you didn't do it. <laughs> Nobody's done it. So we're cutting health care. All of the things that we've done, insulin, I'll give you an example. Insulin, it's going to, it was destroying families, destroying people, because I'm getting it for so cheap. It's like water, you want to know the truth. So cheap. Take a look at all of the drugs that what we're doing, prescription drug prices. We're going to allow our governors now to go to other countries to buy drugs okay. because when they fact, pay just a I, tiny fraction. I say, this is open discussion. No, but this is Sir, you'll be happy. I'm about to pick up on one of your points to ask the vice president, which is he points out that you would like to add a public option to Obamacare, and yes. the argument that he makes, and other Republicans make, is that that is going to end private insurance. It is and not. Well, if I'm I sorry. ask you the question, it will, end party says, by the way. it will end private insurance and create a government takeover of health care. It does it's not. It's only for those people who are so poor they qualify for Medicaid, they can get that free in most states, except governors who want to deny people who are poor Medicaid. Anyone who qualifies for Medicare would, excuse me, Medicaid would automatically be enrolled in the public option. The vast majority of the American people would still not be in that option, number one. Joe, you agree with Bernie number, Sanders, I, I, far I, left, on the manifesto, we, we, we knew, call it. Manifest, that gives you socialized medicine. Look, hey, Are I, you I'm saying not going to listen to him. The fact of the matter is, I beat Bernie Sanders. Not by I'm, much. I, I beat him a whole hell of a lot. I'm not here, I'm here standing facing Pocahontas you all, buddy. Pocahontas would have left well, two days early. You would have lost every primary All he knows how to do Super is hurt. Tuesday. You got Look, very lucky. here's the deal. I got very lucky. I'm going to get very lucky tonight as well. And tonight I'm going to make what? sure because here's the deal. Here's the deal. The fact is that everything he's saying so far is simply a lie. I'm not here to call out his lies. Everybody knows he's a liar. But you I just agree. want to make you're sure. Good. Good. I, I, I want to make sure. You graduated last in your class, not first in your class. I, I, I want to make Mr. sure. Mr. President, can you let him finish, sir? No, he doesn't know how to do that. He has, You'd you know, surprised. You, you pick You'd be surprised. The wrong guy, the wrong night at the wrong time. Listen, you agreed with Here's Bernie Sanders to the manifesto. The whole idea. Let, let him There is no manifesto. Number Please one. let him speak, Mr. Number Biden. two. You just lost the left. Number two. I, I, you just lost the left. You agreed with Bernie Sanders on a plan. How, folks, absolutely folks, agreed do you have any idea what this clown's doing? Call it Mr. Medicare, you have Mr. President. Socialized medicine. Mr. President. Well, I'll tell you what. 
He is not for any help for people needing health care because, because he, in fact, already has cost 10 million people their health care that they had from their employers because of his recession. Number one. Number oh, oh, two, yeah, yeah. there are 20 million people getting health care through Obamacare now that he wants to take it away. He won't ever look you in the eye and say that's what he wants to do. Take it away. No, I want to give Number him better health care at a much lower price. But, because by the way, he doesn't, know no how, he doesn't know how I've to do that. I've already fixed it. He has never I've offered a plan. fixed it to an extent. He has Obamacare, never done a single thing. as you might thing. know, but probably don't. Gentlemen, you realize if you're both go. speaking at the same time. And it's too expensive. Let, let, let the president. Go ahead, sir. Obamacare is no good. We made it better. And I had a choice to make very early on. We took away the individual mandate. We guarantee pre-existing conditions but took away the individual mandate. Listen, this is the way it is. <laughs> and that destroyed, that, they shouldn't even call it Obamacare. Then I had a choice to make. Do I let my people run it really well or badly? Yeah. If I run it badly, they'll probably blame him, but they'll blame me. But more importantly, I want to help people, okay? I said, you've got to run that, it so well. That's and I just for. had a meeting with them. They said, the problem is no matter how well you run Obamacare, it's a disaster. It's too expensive. Okay. Premiums are too it. high, that's and it doesn't work. That's so we, we do want to get rid of it. Chris, we want to get rid of it. I understand it, sir, but I have to, I have to give you roughly good. equal time. Good. Please let the vice president talk. Good. He has no plan for health care. Please. He sends out wishful thinking. He has executive orders that have no power. He hasn't lowered drug costs for anybody. He's been promising a health care plan since he got elected. He has none, like almost everything else he talks about. He does not have a plan. He doesn't have a plan. And the fact is, this man doesn't know what he's talking about. All right. he's I, have one, I have one final question for you, sure. uh, Mr. Vice President. If Senate Republicans, we were talking originally about the Supreme Court here, if Senate Republicans go ahead and confirm Justice Barrett, uh, there has been talk about ending the filibuster or even packing the court, adding to the nine justices there. You call this a distraction by the president, but in fact it wasn't brought up by the president. It was brought up by some of your Democratic colleagues in, well, the, saying, in the Congress. So my question to you is, you have refused in the past to talk about it. Are you willing to tell the American people tonight whether or not you will support either ending the filibuster or packing the court? Whatever position I take in that, that'll become the issue. The issue is the American people should speak. You should go out and vote. You're in voting now. Vote and let your senators know how you strongly you feel. Let vote now. Are you pack the Make court? sure you, in fact, let people know. He doesn't want your to answer senator. the question. I'm not going to answer the question. Why would you answer that because question? Because the you question is, the question Supreme is, Court justice, the radical question, left. Will you who shut up, man? Listen, who is on your list, Joe? This Who's is on your so right. Gentlemen, I think we have ended this segment. We're going to move on to the second segment. That was really a productive segment, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Keep yapping, man. The people understand, Joe. They 47 do. years, you've yep. done nothing. They understand. Oh. All right. The second subject <laughs> is COVID-19, which is an awfully serious subject. So. Let's try to be serious about it. We have had more than 7 million cases of coronavirus in the United States, and more than 200,000 people have died. Even after we produce a vaccine, experts say that it could be months or even years before we come back to anything approaching normal. My question for both of you is, based on what you have said 
and done so far and what you have said you would do starting in 2021, why should the American people trust you more than your opponent to deal with this public health crisis going forward? In this case, the question goes to you first, sir. Two minutes uninterrupted. Good luck. 200,000 dead. As you said, over 7 million infected in the United States. We, in fact, have 5%, 4% of the world's population, 20% of the deaths. 40,000 people a day are contracting COVID. In addition to that, about between 750 and 1,000 people a day are dying. When he was presented with that number, he said, it is what it is. Well, it is what it is because you are who you are. That's why it is. The president has no plan. He hasn't laid out anything. He knew all the way back in February how serious this crisis was. He knew it was a deadly disease. What did he do? He's on tape is acknowledging he knew it. He said he didn't tell us or give people a warning of it because he didn't want to panic the American people. You don't panic. He panicked. In addition to that, what did he do? He went in and he, we were insisting that the Chinese, the, the people we had on the ground in China should be able to go to Wuhan and determine for themselves how dangerous this was. He did not even ask Xi to do that. He told us what a great job Xi was doing. He said we owe him a debt of gratitude for being so transparent with us. And what did he do then? He then did nothing. He, he waited and waited and waited. He still doesn't have a plan. I laid out Sir, back in March. Exactly so, so what we wrong. should be doing. And I laid out again in July what we should be doing. We should be providing all the protective gear possible. We should be providing the money the House has passed in order to be able to go out and get people the help they need to keep their businesses open. Open schools that cost a lot of money. You should get out of your bunker and get out of the sand trap and get in, in your golf course and go in the Oval Office and bring together the Democrats and Republicans and fund what needs to be done now to save lives. So if we would have listened wait, wait, to you. Wait, you have two minutes, sir. If we would have listened to you, the country would have been left wide open. Millions of people would have died, not 200,000. And one person is too much. It's China's fault. It should have never happened. They stopped it from going in, but it was China's fault. And by the way, when you talk about numbers, you don't know how many people died in China. You don't know how many people died in Russia. You don't know how many people died in India. They don't exactly give you a straight count, just so you understand. But if you look at what we've done, I closed it and you said he's xenophobic, he's a racist and he's xenophobic because you didn't think we should have closed our country. Wait a minute. Two minutes. You didn't think we should have closed our country because you thought it was too, it was terrible. You wouldn't have closed it for another two months by my doing it early. In fact, Dr. Fauci said President Trump saved thousands of lives. Many of you are Democrat governors said President Trump did a phenomenal job. We worked with the governor. Oh, really? Go take a look. The governors said I did a phenomenal job. Most of them said that. In fact, people that would not be necessarily on my side said that. President Trump did a phenomenal job. We did. We got the gowns. We got the masks. We made the ventilators. You wouldn't have made ventilators. And now we're weeks away from a vaccine. We're doing therapeutics already. Fewer people are dying when they get sick. Far fewer people are dying. We've done a great job. The only thing I haven't done a good job, and that's because of the fake news. No matter what you say to them, they give you bad press on it. It's just fake news. They give you good press. They give me bad press because that's the way it is, unfortunately. But let me just tell you something. I don't care. I've gotten used to it. 
But I'll tell you, Joe, you could never have done the job that we did. You don't have it in your blood. You could have never done that job. I know how to do the job. I know how to get the job done. Well, you done. didn't do very well in swine flu. H1N1, you were a disaster. Your own chief 14, staff said you were a disaster. 14,000 people died, not 200,000. There was a no very, economic very, recession. Like, sir, you made a point. There, 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 there was no recession. You made a point. Let him answer And there was no one. There's no. We didn't shut down the economy. This is his economy that's being he shut down. The reason it's shut down is because, look, you folks at home, how many of you got up this morning and had an empty chair at the kitchen table because someone died of COVID? How many of you were in a situation where you lost your mom or dad and you couldn't even speak to them? You had a nurse holding a phone up so you could, in fact, say goodbye. You would have lost far How more many people. people. Far that more is, people. And you would have been. And by the way, your own, you his, 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 own, his own CDC director says we could lose as many as another 200,000 people between now and the end of the year. And he held up. He said, if we just wear a mask, we can save half those numbers. Just just a mask. And by the way, in terms of the, the whole notion of a vaccine, we're for a vaccine, but we, I don't trust him at all, nor do you. I know you don't. What we trust is a scientist. You don't we trust, trust Dr. Johnson, Fauci. Johnson, Pfizer. Let me move on to questions about the future, because you both have touched on one of the two of the questions I'm going to ask. Uh, t focusing on the future first, President Trump, you have repeatedly either contradicted or been at odds with some of your government's own top scientists. The week before last, the head of the Centers for Disease Control, Dr. Redfield, said it would be summer before the vaccine would become generally available to the public. You said that he was confused and mistaken. Those were your two words. Yeah. But Dr. Slowey, the head of your operation Warp Speed, has said exactly the same thing. Are they both wrong? Well, I've spoken to the companies and we can have it a lot sooner. It's a very political thing because people like this would rather make it political than save lives. God. It is a very political thing. I've spoken to Pfizer, I've spoken to all of the people that you have to speak to. We have great Moderna, Johnson & Johnson and others. They can go faster than that by a lot become very political because the left, or I don't know if so, I call so him left, I don't know what I call the head of your operation, Warp Speed, Dr. Sally. I disagree with him. Yeah. No, I disagree with both of them. And he didn't say that. He said it could be there, but it could also be much sooner. I had him in my office two he days talked, ago. He talked about the summer, sir, before it's generally available. Just like he Dr. said Dr. it's Redfield. a possibility that we'll have the answer before November 1st. It could I'm, also I'm be after that. generally available. It, not well, we're going to deliver it right away. We have the military all set up logistically. They're all set up. We yeah. have our military that delivers soldiers, and they can do 200,000 a day. They're going to be this delivering. This is the same them. man it's who all told set you up. by Easter this would be gone away. By the warm weather it would be gone. Miraculous. like a miracle. And by the way, maybe you could inject some bleach in your arm, and that would take care of it. This is the that same man. That was said sarcastically, you seen, know that. I, that I, was said sarcastically. And so here's the deal. This man is talking about a vaccine. Every serious, every serious company is talking about maybe having a vaccine done by the end of the year. But the distribution of that vaccine will not occur until sometime beginning or the middle of next year to get it out, if we get the vaccine. And pray God we will. May God we Mr. will. Mr. Vice President, I want to pick up, though, on the that. I, I, I want to pick that. up on this question, though. You say the public can trust the scientists, but they can't trust President Trump. In fact, you said that again tonight. Your running mate, Senator Harris, goes further, saying the public health experts, quote, will be muzzled, will be suppressed. Given the fact that polls already show that people are concerned about the vaccine and are reluctant to take it, 
Are you and your running mate, Senator Harris, contributing to that fear? No more than the question you just asked him. You pointed out. He puts pressure and disagrees with his own scientists. But you're saying Everybody you can't, knows. or Senator and Harris is saying no, you can't trust the scientists. No. Well, no, no, you can't trust the scientists. He did, she didn't say that. You can't she, trust She the, said the public health experts, quote, will be muzzled, will yes. be suppressed. Well, that's what he's going to try to do. But there's millions of scientists, there's thousands of scientists out there, like here at this great hospital, that don't work for him. Their job doesn't depend on him. That's not, they're the people, they're, and by I the way, to the scientists that are in charge, by the way, they will have the vaccine very soon. Do you believe for a moment what he's telling you in light of all the lies he's told you about the whole issue relating to COVID? He still hasn't even acknowledged that he knew this was happening, knew how dangerous it was going to be back in February, and he didn't even tell you. He's on record as saying it. He panicked or he just looked at the stock market. One of the two, because guess what? A lot of people died and a lot more are going to die unless he gets a lot smarter, a lot quicker. So, than Mr. President, did you use the word smart? Uh, so you said you went to Delaware State, but you forgot the name of your college. You didn't <laughs> go to so. Delaware State. You graduated either the lowest or almost the lowest in your class. Don't ever use the word smart with me. Don't ever use that word. Oh, give me a break. Because you know what? There's nothing smart about you, Joe. 47 years, you've done nothing. Well, let's have this debate. And if you would have had, let me just tell you something, Joe. No, if you would have had the charge of what I was put through, I had to close the greatest economy in the history of our country. And by the way, now it's being built again. You see, we're going to get to the fast. economy in the next segment, sir. Okay. It's going up fast. Okay. Forward to I, when it comes to how the virus has been handled so far, the two of you have taken very different approaches, and this is going to affect how the virus is handled going forward by whichever of you ends up becoming the next president. I want to quickly go through several of those. Reopenings. Vice President Biden, you have been much more reluctant than President Trump about reopening the economy and schools. Why, sir? Because he doesn't have a plan. If I were running, I'd know how, what the plan is. You've got to provide these businesses the ability to have the money to be able to reopen with the PPE as well as with the sanitation they need. You have to provide Tell them plastic. Tell that to Nancy Pelosi. Pe well, he's just shush for a minute. Tell it to they, Nancy Pelosi. And Schumer, by the way, Chuck. Nancy Pelosi and Schumer, they have a plan. He won't even meet with them. The Republicans won't meet with okay. the Senate. But and he, and he, sits, he sits on his golf course. And, well, I mean, nah. literally, okay. think about it. You probably or play more than it. I do, Jim. Uh, <laughs> what about this question of reopenings and the fact? Well, he wants to shut down this country. Oh. And I want to keep it open. And we you did a great thing by shutting it down. Shut it down. Wait a minute, Chuck. Let me shut there. you down for a second, Chuck, just for one second. <laughs> we want to... He wants to shut down the country. We just went through it. We had to because we didn't know anything about the disease. Now we found that elderly people with heart problems and uh, diabetes and different problems are very, very vulnerable. We learned a lot. Young children aren't. Uh, even younger people aren't. We've learned a lot. But he wants to shut it down. More people will be hurt by continuing. If you look at Pennsylvania, if you look at certain states that have been shut down, they have Democrat governors all. One of the reasons they're shut down is because they want to keep it shut down until after the election. Oh, yeah. I, want, I want to move on to another subject. But those states are not doing well that are shut I, down right now. You have begun to increasingly question the effectiveness of masks as a disease preventer 
And in fact, recently you have cited the, the issue of, of waiters touching their masks and touching plates. Are you questioning the, no, I think the, the masks efficacy are okay. of, of You have masks? to understand, if you look, I mean, I have a mask right here. I put a mask on, you know, when I think I need it. Tonight, as an example, everybody's had a test and you've had social distancing and all of the things that you have to, but I Just wear masks rally. when needed. When needed, I wear masks. Okay, let me ask. I don't, have to, I don't wear masks like him. Every time you see him, he's got a mask. He could be speaking 200 feet away from it. He shows up with the biggest mask I've ever seen. <laughs> I will Vice, say, Vice, I will Vice, say this. Vice President Biden, go ahead, sir. Look, the way to open businesses <laughs> is give them the wherewithal to be able to <laughs> We provided money. The Congress but I was asking you, sir, about masks. Well, masks mask make a big difference. His own head of the CDC said if we just wore masks between now, if there, everybody wore masks in social distance between now and January, we'd probably save up to 100,000 lives. It matters. And they've also it said matters. the opposite. They've and also said no, the no serious person said the opposite. The no well, look, serious person. Right, right, Dr. Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci said the he opposite. He did not I, I say the opposite. We got he a little bit of a minute left in this masks segment. Masks are not good. Then he changed his mind. He said masks are good. I, I'm, I'm okay ask, with masks. I'm I want to ask you both masks. about one last subject because your different approaches has even affected the way that you have campaigned. Uh, President Trump, you're holding large rallies with crowds packed together, thousands of people. Outside. Outside, yes, sir. Agreed. Uh, Vice President Biden, you are holding much smaller uh, events with Cause nobody will show up. People with what's <laughs> well, true? With, nobody shows up to his okay. rallies. All right. In any case, why you holding the big rallies? Why you not? You go first, sir. Because people want to hear what I have to say. I mean, but you're not worried about the disease? president, and I'll have twenty-five, thirty-five thousand people show up at airports. We use airports. Are you not hangers, worried about? We the have disease a lot of people. Issues, well, so far, we have had no problem whatsoever. It's outside. That's a big difference, according to the experts. And we do them outside. We have tremendous crowds, as you see. I mean, every and, and literally on 24 hours notice. And Joe does the circles and has three people someplace. Okay. By the way, did you see did, 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 did one of the last big rallies he has? And a reporter came up to him to ask him a question. He said, no, 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 stand back. Put on your mask. Put on a mask. Have you been tested? I'm way, I'm way far away from those other people. That's what he said. I can't. I, I'm going to be okay. He's not worried about you. He's not worried about the people out there breathing in one another. We've had no negative effect. No, no negative, negative effect. effect. We've no. had no negative effect. And we've well, had 35,000, 40,000 right. people at these rallies. Just yes. quickly finish yes. up because I want to move on to our next. Yes, I would. He's been totally irresponsible the way in which he has handled the, the social distancing and people wearing masks, basically encouraged them not to. All right. Ben, he's a fool on this. If you could get the crowds, you would have done the same thing. But you can't. Nobody cares. Gentlemen, can we move on Nobody to the economy? Gentlemen, can we move on to the economy? Yes. The economy is, I think it's fair to say, recovering faster than expected from the shutdown. Much the, faster. In the second quarter, the unemployment rate fell to 8.4% last month. The Federal Reserve says the hit to, to growth, which is going to be there, is not going to be nearly as big as they had expected. President Trump, you say we are in a V-shaped recovery. Uh, Vice President Biden, you say it's more of a K-shape. What difference does that mean to the American people in terms of the economy? President Trump, in this segment, you go first. So we built the greatest economy in history. We closed it down because of the China plague. When the plague came in, we closed it down, which was very hard psychologically to do. He didn't think we should close it down, and he was wrong. And again, two million people would be dead now instead of 
still 204,000 people is too much. One person is too much. Should have never happened from China. But what happened is we closed it down and now we're reopening and we're doing record business. We had 10.4 million people in a four-month period that we've put back into the workforce. That's a record the likes of which nobody's ever seen before. And he wants to close down the – he will shut it down again. He will destroy this country. You know, a lot of people, between drugs and alcohol and depression, when you start shutting it down, you take a look at what's happening in some of your Democrat-run states where they have these tough shutdowns. And I'm telling you, it's because they don't want to open it. One of them came out last week. You saw that. Oh, we're going to open up on November 9th. Why November 9th? Because it's after the election. They think they're hurting us by keeping them closed. They're hurting people. People know what to do. They can social distance. They can wash the hands. They can wear masks. They can do whatever they want. But they got to open these states up. When you look at North Carolina, when you look and these governors are under siege, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and a couple of others, you got to open these states up. It's not fair. You're talking about almost it's like being in prison. And you look at what's going on with divorce. Look at what's going on with alcoholism and drugs. It's a very, very sad thing. And he'll close down the whole country. This guy will close down the whole country and destroy our country. Our country is coming back incredibly well, setting records as it does it. We don't need somebody to come in and say, let's shut it down. All right. Your two minutes, sir. We're now moved to you. As I, as I said, posing the question, the president says it's a V-shaped recovery. You say it's a K-shaped recovery. What's the difference? The difference is millionaires and billionaires like him in the middle of the COVID crisis have done very well. Another billionaires have made another $300 billion because of his profligate tax proposal, and he only focused on the market. But you folks at home. You folks living in Scranton and Claymont and all the small towns and working class towns in America. How old are you doing? This guy paid well, a total of $750 in wrong. taxes. Sir, and he sir, wait, wait, no. sir it's, it's just wrong state. Yeah, I understand. You've agreed to the two minutes, so please let him have it. Do I get my time back? The fact is that he has, in fact, worked on this in a way that he's going to be the first president of the United States to leave office, having fewer jobs in his administration than when he became president. Fewer jobs than when he became president, first one in American history. Secondly, the people who have lost their jobs are those people who have been on the front lines, those people who have been saving our lives, those people who have been out there dying, people who have been putting themselves in a way to make sure that we could all try to make it. And the idea that he is insisting that we go forward and open when you have almost half the states in America with a significant increase in COVID deaths and COVID cases in the United States of America. And he wants to open it up more. Why does he want to open it up? Why doesn't he take care of the America? You can't fix the economy until you fix the COVID crisis. And he has no intention of doing anything about making it better for you all at home in terms of your health and your safety. Schools. Why aren't schools open? Because it costs a lot of money to open them safely. You know, they, they were going to give, his administration was going to give the teachers and school students masks. And then they decided, no, couldn't do that because it's not a national emergency, not a national emergency. They've done nothing to help small businesses, nothing. They're closing. One in six is now gone. He ought to get on the job and take care of the needs of the American people so we can open safety. All right. Your time is up, sir. Well, we are going to get to the, I we're have gonna, to respond to that. Well, you both had two minutes, sir. 
Excuse me, you made a statement. I, so did people you. want their schools? No, people want their schools open. They don't want to be shut down. They don't want their state shut down. They want their restaurants. I look at New York. It's so sad what's happening in New York. It's almost like a ghost town, and I'm not sure it can ever recover what they've done in New York. People want their places open. They want to get back to their lives. People They'll want be to careful, be safe. but they want their schools open. Okay. Want I'm the one safe. that brought back football. By the way, I brought back Big Ten football. <laughs> It was me, and it, I'm very happy to do it. And <laughs> All right, the people of Ohio are very proud of me. And you know, we're going to get back. We're going to get to your economic plans going forward in a moment. But first, Mr. President, as you well know, there's a new report that in 2016, the year you were elected president, and 2017, your first year as president, that you paid $750 a year in federal income tax each of those years. I know that you pay a lot of other taxes, but I'm asking you the specific question. Is it true that you paid $750 in federal income taxes each of those two years? I paid millions of dollars in taxes, millions of dollars of income tax. And let me just tell you, there was a story in one of the papers. That paid, I paid $38 million one year. I paid $27 million Show us your tax returns. I went... Uh, you'll see it as soon as it's finished. You'll see it. You know, oh. if you want to do, go to the Board of Elections. There's a 118-page or so report that says everything I have, every bank I have, I'm totally under leveraged because the assets are extremely good. And we have a very, we have a, we, I built Sir, a great I'm asking company. you a specific question, which but is. let me tell you. I, I understand all of that. I understand all of that. But, but let me, a, no, Mr. President, I'm asking you a question. Will you tell us how much you paid in federal income taxes in 2016 and 2017? Millions of dollars. You paid millions of dollars? Millions in, of dollars. So yes. not seven hundred Millions of dollars. And you'll get to see I, it. I, and you'll get to when? see it. But and let me Shalom. just tell you, Chris, let me just tell you something, that it was the tax laws. I don't want to pay tax. Before I came here, I was a private developer. I was a private business people. Like every other private person, unless they're stupid, they go through the laws, and that's what it is. He passed a tax bill that gave us all these privileges for depreciation and for uh, tax credits. We build the building, and we get tax credits like the hotel on Pennsylvania Avenue. You get okay. a massive, which, by the way, was given to me by the Obama administration, if you can believe that. Now, the man got fired yeah, no, no, right after that happened. But Vice President Biden, you want to respond? Yeah, I do want to respond. Look, the tax code that made him... The, put him in a position that he pays less tax than a school teacher makes uh, on the money a school teacher makes is because of him take he says he's smart because he can take advantage of the tax code mm -hmm. and he does take advantage of the tax code that's why i'm going to eliminate the trump tax cuts and Good. we're going to we're I'm gonna eliminate those tax okay. cuts and make sure that we invest in the people who in fact need the help People out there need help. But why didn't I you do it over 20, in the last 25 years? Because you weren't president. Because you weren't president screwing things no. up. You were a senator. And You're the, the worst way, you president in America has ever had. Hey, Come Joe, on. Let me, let me just tell you, Joe. I've done more in in 47 months. I've done more than you've done in 47 years, Joe. We've done things that you never even thought of doing, okay. including Gentlemen. fixing the broken military that you gave me, but including let's, taking care we're of your talking, Mr. President, we're talking about the economy. I'd like to ask you about your plans going forward, because, uh, Mr. Vice President, your economic plan, if you were to be yes, elected sir. president, uh, focuses a lot on big government, big taxes, 
big spending. I want to focus first on the taxes. You propose more than $4 trillion over a decade in new taxes on individuals making more than $400,000 a year and on corporations. President Trump says that that kind of an increase in taxes is going to hurt the economy as it's just coming out of a recession. Well, just take a look at what uh, the, the analysis done by Wall Street firms. Points out that my, my economic plan would create seven million more jobs than his in four years, number one. And number two, it would create an additional $1 trillion in economic growth because it would be about buying American. That we have to, we're going to make this federal government spend $600 billion a year on everything from ships to steel to buildings and the like. And under my proposal, we're going to make sure that every penny of that has to be made by a company. But, but respectfully, in sir, I'm talking about taxes, not spending. Oh, well, by the way, I'm going to eliminate a significant number of the tax. I'm going to make the, the, the corporate tax 28 percent. It shouldn't be 21 percent. You have 19 company, 91 companies, federal, I mean, in the Fortune 500, who don't pay a single penny in tax, making billions of dollars. Why didn't you do it billions before of dollars? you were vice president because, with Obama? Because you, in fact, passed that. That was right. your I tax it, proposal. I got it done. And you know what happened? Yeah, you got it done. Our economy and, boomed and like the, it's and never and boomed. The economy Mr. President, let me pick up on that. You would continue your free market approach, lower taxes, more deregulation, correct? Not lower taxes of American people. But, but, but let me, Excuse me. But in, but in Obama's, you talk about the economy booming, it turns out that in Obama's final three years as president, more jobs were created, a million and a half more jobs that in the first three years of your presidency. They had the slowest recovery since 19, uh. economic recovery since 1929. It was the slowest recovery. Also, they took over something that was down here. All you had to do is turn on the lights and you pick up a lot. But they had the well, slowest well, yeah. economic recovery since 1929. Let me tell you about the stock market. When the stock market goes up, that means jobs. It also means 401ks. If you got in, if you ever became president with your ideas, you want to terminate my tax, my taxes, I, I'll tell you what, you'll lose half of the companies that have poured in here will leave, and plenty half of companies of company, that are already here, they'll leave for other places. Have they will leave, and you will have a depression the likes of which you've never seen. Look, Mr. we Vice inherited it. The worst recession short of a depression in American history. I was asked to bring it back. We were able to have an economic recovery that created the jobs you're talking about. We handed him a booming economy. He blew it. It wasn't he blew booming. It. He blew it. It wasn't booming. It, it, was, was, a, it was the weakest recovery Is it fair to say he blew it when, in when fact, COVID there was record, when there was record un, low unemployment yeah. before COVID? Yeah, but, but because what he did, even before COVID, manufacturing went in the hole. Manufacturing went in a hole. Excuse number me, one. Chris. Wait. Number two. Chris. Number three. They said they, it would take. They, no, you were number two. No. Chris, Chris. They said it would this take guy, a miracle to bring back manufacturing. I brought back 700,000 jobs. They brought back nothing. They gave up on manufacturing. We Part did of not my standard fare. I'm the guy that he brought totally back gave the automobile up on manufacturing. Right, we brought back, I was asked to bring back Chrysler and General Motors. We brought them back right here in the state of Ohio and Michigan. He blew it. They're gone. He blew it. And in fact, they're going. Ohio had the best year it's ever had last year. Michigan yeah. had the best year they've ever had. That is not Many true. Many car companies came in from Germany, from Japan, not, went to Michigan, no, went to Ohio. They're not having And they didn't Vice, come in with you. Mr. Vice President, go ahead. And so you take a look at what he's actually done. 
He's done very little. His trade deals are the same way. He talks about these great trade deals. You know, he talks about the art of the deal. China's made perfected the art of the steel. We have a higher deficit with China now than we did before. We have the highest deficit, trade deficit China with Mexico. Your lunch. All right, and, 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 China ate your lunch, Joe. And no wonder your son goes in and he takes out he takes out billions of dollars takes out billions of dollars to manage. He makes millions of dollars. And also, Simply while we're at true. it, why is Simply it, just out of curiosity, the mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son three and a half million dollars. What did he true. do to deserve it? That what did he do with Barista none to of deserve that. 183000 dollars You've asked your question, not an answer. If not, none of that is true. Oh, really? Totally he didn't give no, Mr. President, uh, totally, Mr. President, please. Totally discredited. Totally discredited. And by the way, well, wait, he didn't get three and a half million dollars, Joe. Mr. Vice, he got three and a half million dollars. That is not true. Oh, really, Mr. No. President? It's an it's an open discussion. Please, now, you, you, it's a fact. Well, there's, you there's have raised an issue. Let the totally Vice President answer. Discredited. There was a report. One hundred eighty-three thousand a month. With, with no experience in energy? Mr. Look, President, no my son did nothing wrong at Burisma. I think he did. Mr. President, let him answer. He doesn't want to let me answer because he knows I have the truth. His position has been totally, thoroughly discredited in Ukraine. By media? By everybody. Well, by the, by media, the media, by our allies, by the World Bank, by, e by everyone has discredited. Matter of fact, it, matter of fact, even Mr. the President, people who testified under oath. So let under me ask oath, you this. Henry, no, no, no go ahead, Mr. Henry, I'm listening to you. People under, you got three and a half million dollars from Moscow. Tet, he testified under oath in his administration, said, I did my job and I did it very well. Oh, really? I did it I honorably. Know who they are. Every, well, I'll give you the list I'll of the people them. who testified. No, no, go ahead, sir. Sure, you, they, you've already fired most of them because they did some a good people, job. Some people don't well, do a good here's job. With you, wait a minute. You get the final word. Mr. Well, it's hard to get any word in with this clown. Excuse me. This. Hey, hey this let me person. just say, Joe. No, no, no. I'm no. Mr. President. Three and a half Mr. million, President. Joe. That is simply. Why did not he true. deserve three and a half million it from did, Moscow? Look, here's the deal. We want to talk about families and ethics. I don't want to do that. I mean, his family. We could talk about all night. His family's my already. Family, no, 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 let him, my let family. My family already lost a fortune by coming down and helping us with government. And that's such a great. single one of them lost. This a is not about my family or his family. It's about your family, they the American people. He doesn't. Nothing. That's not true. It doesn't want to talk about what you need. You, the American people. It's about you. That's what we're talking about. All right. That's the end of the segment. We're moving on. It didn't take that. Well, Vice President, it's, 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 no. Can it's, I be honest? It's a very important try to question. Be honest. No, I, I stood up. No, stood I, up the answer to the question is no. Ukraine. It's, no, I, sir. With a billion sir, dollars, if you that is if absolutely you know what, you're, wait, not well, true. You're, you're doing it. You're going to have tape. true. Gentlemen, is, <laughs> I hate to raise my voice, but I think it seems to be, why shouldn't I be different than the two of you? So here's the deal. Good point. We have six segments. We have ended that segment. We're going to go to the next segment. In that segment, you each are going to have two uninterrupted moments. In those two interrupted minutes, Mr. President, you can say anything you want. I'm going to ask a question about race, but if you want to answer about something else, go ahead. But we, we, I think that the country would be better served if we allowed both people to speak with fewer interruptions. I, I'm appealing to you, sir, to do that. Well, and him too. Well, frankly, you've been doing more interrupting well, than he right, has. But he does plenty. Well, less than, <laughs> sir, less There's than, plenty. no, less than you have. Let's please continue on. The issue of race. Vice President Biden, you say that 
President Trump's response to the violence in Charlottesville three years ago when he talked about very fine people on both sides was what directly led you to launch this run for president. Oh, yeah, sure. President Trump, you have often said that you believe you have done more for black Americans than any president with the possible exception of Abraham Lincoln. My question for the two of you is why should voters trust you rather than your opponent to deal with the race issues facing this country over the next four years? Vice President Biden, you go first. It's about equity and equality. It's about decency. It's about the Constitution. And we have never walked away from trying to require equity for everyone, equality for the whole of America. But we've never accomplished it. But we've never walked away from it like he has done. It is true. The reason I got in the race is when those people, close your eyes, remember what those people look like coming out of the fields carrying torches, their veins bulging, spewing, just spewing anti-Semitic bile and accompanied by the Ku Klux Klan. A young woman got killed. And they asked the president what he thought. He said there were very fine people on both sides. No president's ever finish said anything sentence. like that. Finish it, it is his now, second, minutes, sir. second point I'd make to you is that when Floyd was killed, when Mr. Floyd was killed, there was a peaceful protest in front of the White House. What did he do? He came out of his bunker, had the military do use tear gas on him so he could walk across to a church and hold up a Bible. And then what happened after that? The bishop of that very church said that it was a disgrace. The general who was with him said he all he, all he ever wants to do is divide people, not unite people at all. This is a president who has used everything as a dog whistle to try to generate racist hatred, racist division. This is a man who, in fact, you talk about helping African-Americans. One in 1,000 African-Americans has been killed because of the coronavirus. And if he doesn't do something quickly, by the end of the year, one in 500 will have been killed. One in 500 African-Americans. This man, this man is the, is the savior of African-Americans? This man cares at all? This man's done virtually nothing. Look, the fact is that you have to look at what he talks about. You have to look at what he did. And what he did has been disastrous for the African-American community. So, President Trump, you have two minutes. Why should Americans trust you over your opponent to deal with racism? He did a crime bill, 1994, where you called them super predators, African-Americans, super predators. And they've never forgotten it. They've never forgotten it, Jeff. No, sir, it's his two minutes. So you did that, and they call you a super predator. And I'm letting people out of jail now that you have treated the African-American population community. You have treated the black community about as bad as anybody in this country. You did the 1990. And that's why, if you look at the polls, I'm doing better than any Republican has done in a long time, because they saw what you did. You call them super predators, and you've called them worse than that. Because you look back at your testimony over the years, you've called them a lot worse than that. As far as the church is concerned, and as far as the generals are concerned, we just got the support of 200, 250 military leaders and generals. Total support. Law enforcement, almost every law enforcement group in the United States. I have Florida, I have Texas, I have Ohio, I have, every, excuse me, Portland. The sheriff just came out today and he said, I support President Trump, I don't think you have any law enforcement. You can't even say the word law enforcement, because if you say those words, 
you're going to lose all of your radical left supporters. And why aren't you saying those words, Joe? Why don't you say the words law enforcement? Because you know what? If they called us in Portland, we would put out that fire in a half an hour. But they won't do it because they're run by radical left Democrats. If you look at Chicago, if you look at any place you want to look, Seattle, they heard we were coming in the following day and they put up their hands and we got back Seattle. Minneapolis, we got it back, Joe, because we believe in law and order, but you don't. The top 10 cities and just about the top 40 cities are run by Democrats and in many cases, radical left. And they've got you wrapped around their finger, Joe, to a point where you don't want to say anything about law and order. And I'll tell you what, the people of this country want and demand law and order, and you're afraid to even say it. All right. I want, to, I want to return to the question of race. Vice President Biden, after the grand jury in the Breonna Taylor case, decided not to charge any of the police with homicide. You said it raises the question, quote, whether justice could be equally applied in America. Do you believe that there is a separate but unequal system of justice for blacks in this country? Yes, there is. There's systemic injustice in this country, in education and work and in in law enforcement and the, and the way in which it's enforced. But look, the vast majority of police officers are good, decent, honorable men and women. They risk their lives every day to take care of us. But there are some bad apples. And when they occur, when they find them, they have to be sorted out. They have to be held accountable. They have to be held accountable. And what I'm going to do as President of the United States is call a, a, together an entire group of people at the White House well, everything from the civil rights groups to the police officers, the police chiefs, and we're going to work this out. We're going to work this out so we change the way in which we have more transparency in when these things happen. These cops aren't happy to see what happened to, to, to George Floyd. These cops aren't happy to see what happened to Breonna Taylor. Most don't like it. But we have to have a system where people are held accountable. When, and by the way, violence in response is never appropriate, never appropriate. Peaceful protest is. Violence is never appropriate. All right, what is peaceful President, protest? When they run through the middle President, of the town President Trump, and burn down your stores Trump, I, and kill people President all over Trump, the place? That and is you say not peaceful protest. President Trump, I'm not asking but you. say it is. President Trump, I'd like to continue with yes, the issue uh, of race. Please. I promise we're going to get to the issue of law and order please. in a moment. Right. This month, your administration uh, directed federal agencies to end racial sensitivity training that addresses white privilege or critical race theory. Why did you decide to do that, to end racial sensitivity training? And do you believe that there is systemic racism in this country, sir? I ended it because it's racist. I ended it because a lot of people were complaining that they were asked to do things that were absolutely insane, that it was a radical uh, revolution that was taking place in our military, uh, in our schools, all over the place, and you know it, and so does what, everybody what, what else, radical, and he would know. What is oh, radical it was totally about racist. racial sensitivity training? If you were a certain person, you had no status in life. It was sort of a reversal. And if you look at the people, we were paying people hundreds of thousands of dollars to teach very bad ideas and, frankly, very sick ideas. And, and really, they were teaching people to hate our country. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to allow that to happen. 
We have to go back to the core values of this country. They were teaching people that our country is a horrible place, it's a racist place, and they were teaching people to hate our country. And I'm not going to allow that to happen. Vice President Biden? Nobody's doing that. He's just, he's oh, you, racist. You just don't. Here's the deal. I, I know a lot more about you this. Don't than don't. Let him finish. The fact is that there is racial insensitivity. People have to be made aware of what other people feel like. What, what insults them, what is demeaning to them. It's important that people know they don't want to. Many people don't want to hurt other people's feelings, but it's a, it makes a big difference. It makes a gigantic difference in the way a child is able to grow up and have a, self, a sense of self-esteem. It's a little bit like how this guy and, and his friends look down on so many people. They look down their nose on people like Irish Catholics like me and grew up in Scranton. They look down on people who don't have money. They look down on people who are of a different faith. They look down on people who are a different color. In fact, we're all Americans. The only way we're going to bring this country together is bring everybody together. There's nothing we cannot do if we do it together. We can take this on and we can defeat racism Vice in America. President, I mean, President Trump, sir. During the Obama-Biden administration, there was tremendous division. There was hatred. You look at uh, Ferguson. You look at you go to very many places. Look at Oakland. Look what happened in Oakland. Look what happened in Baltimore. Look what happened. To, frankly, it was more violent than what I'm even seeing now. Oh, but Lord. the reason this is, is that the Democrats that Absolutely run these cities ridiculous. don't want to talk like you about law and order. Violent and you crime. still haven't mentioned. Violent Are crime. you in favor of law and order? I'm in favor of law. You follow Are you in favor of law and order? Go yes, ahead. You ask a question, let him finish. Law and order. Law and order. Law and order with justice where people People get treated fairly. Okay. And the fact of the matter is violent crime went down 17 percent, 15 percent in our administration. All right. It's gone up on his watch. Went down he, much more he, he than ours. All right. We're, we're he now, you're, president Mr. The president, you're going to be very Mr. President, every record in the Mr. President, you're going to be very happy because we're now going to talk about law and order. Because we had trouble. We're Democratic-run cities. That's exactly my Democratic question. There has been a dramatic increase in homicides in America. This summer, particularly, and you often blame that on Democratic mayors and Democratic governors, but in fact, there have been equivalent spikes in Republican led cities like Tulsa and Fort Worth. So the question is is this really a party issue? I think it's a party issue. You can bring in a couple of examples, but if you look at Chicago, what's going on in Chicago, where uh, 53 people were shot and eight died, shot. If you look at New York, where it's going up like nobody's ever seen anything, the numbers are going up 100, 150, 200 percent uh, crime. It's, it is city. crazy what's going on. Republic. And he doesn't want to say law and order because he can't, because he'll lose his radical left supporters. And once he does that, it's over with. But if he ever got to run this country and they ran it the way he would want to run it, we would have we would our suburbs would be gone. By the suburbs. way, our suburbs would be gone. And you would see problems like you've he never would seen know president. a suburb unless he took a wrong turn. Oh, I know suburbs. He would not. So I was raised, go, go, I was, wait a minute. I was oh, raised in the suburbs. This is not 1950. All these dog whistles and racism don't work anymore. Suburbs are by and large integrated. There are many people today driving their kids to soccer practice and or to uh, black and white and Hispanic in the same car as there have been any time in, in the past. What's, what really is a threat to the suburbs and their safety is his failure to deal with COVID. They're dying in the suburbs. His failure to deal with the environment. They're being flooded. They're being burned out because okay. his refusal to do anything. That's why the suburbs 
are in trouble. I, I do want to talk about this issue of law and order, though. And in the joint recommendation that came from the Biden-Bernie Sanders task force, you talked about, quote, reimagining policing. First of all, what does reimagining policing mean, and do you support? It means. Uh, uh, let me, if I might finish the question. What does reimagining policing mean, and do you support the Black Lives Matter uh, call for, uh, for community control of policing? Look, what I support is the police having the opportunity to deal with the problems they face. And I'm, not, I'm totally opposed to defunding the police officers. As a matter of fact, police, local police, the only one defunding in his budget calls for a $400 million cut in local law enforcement assistance. They need more assistance. They need, when they show up for a 9-11 call, to have someone with them as a psychologist or psychiatrist to keep them from having to use force and be able to talk people down. We have to have community policing like we had before, where the officers get to know the people in the communities. That's when crime went down. It didn't go up. It went down. And so we have to be engaged. That's not what they're perfect. talking about, that, Chris. That's well, not what that, he's talking exactly, about. Defunding the that, police. That is not true. He doesn't have any well, law. Well, you, look, he has no law enforcement. That's support. not true. Almost that's nothing. Not, that, look, oh, Roy, who do you have? Name one group that supports you. Name one group that came out and supported you. Go look, ahead. Look, think. We have time. We don't have time to do no, anything. No, think All right. Name folks, one law enforcement folks. group. And I want to get to another subject, which is the issue of protests in many cities that have turned violent. In Portland, Oregon especially, we had a, more than 100 straight days of protests, which I think you would agree, you talk about peaceful protests, many of those turned into riots. Mr. Vice President, you say that people who commit crimes should be held accountable. The question I have, though, is as the Democratic nominee, and earlier tonight you said that you are the Democratic Party right now, have you ever called the Democratic mayor of Portland or the Democratic governor of Oregon and said, hey, you've got to stop this, bring in the National Guard, do whatever it takes, but you'd stop the days and months of violence in Portland? I don't hold public office now. I am a former vice president. I've made it clear, I've made it clear in my public statements that the violence should be prosecuted. It should be prosecuted. And anyone who commits it But you've be never prosecuted. called for the people, the, the leader, excuse me, sir. You have never called for the leaders in Portland and in Oregon to call and bring in the National Guard and knock well, off a hundred days of riots. They can, in fact, take care of it if he just stay out of the way. Oh, Look here. Oh, really? Here, oh, really? Here's but the thing. No, that's, I, sir, no, wait, I asked him a question. Get the killer no, of a young man in the middle of the street and they shot him. No, and for three Mr. days, President Trump, Trump President wouldn't Trump, do anything. I had to in the U.S. Marshals and took care of business. Go ahead, and, sir. And by the way, you know, his own former spokesperson said, you know, riots and chaos and violence help his cause. That's what this is all about. I don't know who said that. I do. Who? I think who? Kellyanne Conway. I don't think she that. said that. She said that. And so here's the, all right. but here's the point. Go the point is that that's what he is keeps trying to rile everything up. He doesn't want to calm things down. Instead of going in and talking to people and saying, let's get everybody together, figure out how to deal with this. What's he do? He just pours gasoline in the fire constantly and every single solitary okay, time. Okay, and, and to 
end this, button up this segment. I'm going to give you a minute to answer, sir. You have repeatedly criticized. I have to answer his statement. No, you have his repeatedly. Wait, you have repe no, you've been talking he back made and a forth. Statement. I'm asking you. I would love to end it. I would love to end it. You know, if you want to switch seats. We, we could very quickly. We can do that, but I'm saying no, the National I'm, Guard would be over. There'd be no problem. Okay. But they but don't want to accept the National Guard. You have repeatedly we, criticized the, the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing extremist right. groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha, and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, but do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, 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 what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacist and right like me to condemn? White supremacist and right supremacist. Stand back and stand by, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right-wing problem. This is a left-wing supremacist. Antifa's an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not malicious. That's what his FBI, his FBI director said. Well, then you know what? No, no, we're done, sir. We're moving on to the next. That's not an idea. Everybody in your administration tells you the truth is a bad idea. Can I tell you what? You have no idea. Antifa is a dangerous radical. All right, radical gentlemen, group. we're now moving on to the Trump and, and Biden records. They'll overthrow you. When a president, I'm going to ask a question. When the president seeks a second term, it is generally a referendum on his record. But Vice President Biden, you like to quote one of your dad's sayings, which is, "Don't compare me to the Almighty. Compare me to the alternative." And in this case, sir, you are the alternative. Looking. At both of your records, I'm going to ask each of you, why should voters elect you president over your opponent in this segment? President Trump, you go first, two minutes. Because there has never been an administration or president who has done more than I've done in a period of three and a half years. And that's despite the impeachment hoax. And you saw what happened today with Hillary Clinton, where it was a whole big con job. But despite going through all of these things where I had a fight both flanks and behind me and above, there has never been an administration that's done what I've done. The greatest, before COVID came in, the greatest economy in history, lowest unemployment numbers, everything was good, everything was going. And by the way, there was unity going to happen. People were calling me for the first time in years, they were calling and they were saying, it's time maybe, and then what happened, we got hit, but now we're building it back up again. A rebuilding of the military, including Space Force and all of the other things. A, a fixing of the, the VA, which was a mess under him. 308,000 people died because they didn't have proper health care. He, he was a mess. And we now got a 91% approval rating at the VA, our vets. We take care of our vets. But we've rebuilt our military. The job that we've done, and, and I'll tell you something, some people say maybe the most important. By the end of the first term, I'll have approximately 300 federal judges and court of appeals judges, 300, and hopefully three great Supreme Court judges, justices. That is a record, the likes of which very few people, and you know one of the reasons I'll have so many judges? Because President Obama and him left me 128 
judges to fill. When you leave office, you don't leave any judges. That's like you just don't do that. They left 128 openings. And if I were a member of his party, because they have a little different philosophy, I'd say if you left us 128 openings, you can't be a good president. You can't be a good vice president. But I want to thank you because it gives us almost It'll probably be above that number by the end of this term. I'm sorry. 300 judges. It's a record. Looking at both of your records, why should voters elect you president as opposed to President Under Trump? You have two minutes uninterrupted. Under this president, we become weaker, sicker, poorer, more divided, and more violent. When I was vice president, we inherited a recession. I was asked to fix it. I did. We left him a booming economy, and he caused a recession. With regard to being weaker, the fact is that I've gone head-to-head -head with Putin and made it clear to him we're not going to take any of his stuff. He's Putin's puppy. He still refuses to even say anything to Putin about the bounty on the heads of American soldiers. Your son got $3 million. No, no, no. Million dollars. Okay. And Mr. by the way, Mr. President, my son— Mr. Wait a minute. Mr. President, your campaign agreed to— both sides would get two-minute answers uninterrupted. Well, your, your side agreed to it, and why don't you observe what your campaign agreed to as a ground rule, okay, sir? He never keeps his word. Can you add no, back, no, 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 I'm not asking. That, that was a rhetorical question. Can you Go add ahead, back sir. 30 seconds? Yeah, because, yes, okay. you may have. All right. Go ahead. So, thirdly, we're poor. The billionaires have gotten much, much more wealthy by a tune of over four, three to $400 billion more just since COVID. You and the home, you got less. You're in more trouble than you were before. In terms of being more violent, when we were in office, there were 15% less violence in America than there is today. He's president of the United States. It's on his watch. And with regard to more divided, the nation can't stay divided. We can't be this way. And speaking of my son, the way you talk about the military, the way you talk about them being losers and being and, 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 and just being suckers. My son was in Iraq. He spent a year there. He got the, he got the Bronze Star. He got the Conspicuous Service Medal. He was not a loser. He was a patriot, and the people left behind okay. there were heroes. Really? And I resent Are you talking like about Hunter? Hell. Are you talking about I'm Hunter? I'm talking about my son, Bo Biden. You're talking I don't about know. I don't know, Bo. I know Hunter. Yeah, Hunter, you know, got well. thrown, Hunter got thrown out of the military. He was thrown out, dishonorably discharged. That's not true. It wasn't dishonorably use. And he didn't have a job until you became vice president. Once you None became of that vice president, true. he made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, that is simply and various not other places. True. He my made son, a fortune. Generally. My son. And he didn't have a job. My son, like a lot of people, like a lot of people we know at home, had a drug problem. He's overtaken it. He's, he's, he's fixed it. He's worked on it. And I'm proud of him. But why I'm was proud he given of my tens son. of millions of right, But he wasn't given right. tens of millions of That is totally, totally discredited. We've, both, we've already been through this. I think the American people would rather hear about more substantial subjects. Well, you know, yes. as a moderator, sir, I'm going to make a, I know, a judgment call here. Three and a half million okay, dollars right. from the Let's mayor talk about of Moscow. Let's talk about not true. Gentlemen, that report is totally discredited. Mitt Romney on that committee said it wasn't worth taxpayers' Gentlemen, money. That report is written for political reasons. You know, I'd like to talk about climate change. So would I. Okay.
The forest fires in the West are raging now. They have burned millions of acres. They have displaced hundreds of thousands of people. When state officials there blame the fires on climate change, Mr. President, you said, I don't think the science knows. Over your four years, you have pulled the U.S. out of the Paris Climate Accord. You have rolled back a number of Obama environmental records. What do you believe about the science of climate change, and what will you do in the next four years to confront it? I want crystal clean water and air. I want beautiful, clean air. We have now the lowest carbon. If you look at our numbers right now, we are doing phenomenally. But I haven't destroyed our businesses. Our businesses aren't put out of commission. If you look at the Paris Accord, it was a disaster from our standpoint. And people are actually very happy about what's going on because our businesses are doing well. As far as the fires are concerned, you need forest management in addition to everything else. The forest floors are loaded up with trees, dead trees that are years old and they're like tinder and leaves and everything else, you drop a cigarette in there, the whole forest burns down. You've got to have forest management. What do you, believe, what do you believe about the science of climate change, sir? Uh, I believe that yeah. we have to do everything we can to have immaculate air, immaculate water, and do whatever else we can that's good. You know, we're planting a billion trees, the Billion Tree Project, and it's very exciting. Do you believe that, that human Pollution, gas, greenhouse gas emissions contributes to the global warming of the planet? I think planet. a lot of things do, but I think to an extent, yes. I think to an extent, yes. But I also think we have to do better management of our forests. Every year, I get the call, California's burning. California's burning. If that was cleaned, if that were... If you had forest management, good forest management, you wouldn't be getting those calls. You know, in Europe, they live their forest cities. They're called forest cities. They maintain their forests. They manage their forests. I was with the head of a major country. It's a forest city. He said, sir, we have trees that are far more, they, they ignite much easier than California. There shouldn't be that problem. I spoke with the governor about it. I'm getting along very well with the governor. But I said, you know, at some point, you can't every year have hundreds of thousands of acres of land just burned to the ground. But sir, That's but, burning down because of a lack of but management. But, sir, if you believe in the science of climate change, why have you rolled back the Obama Clean Power Plan, which limited carbon emissions in power plants? Why have you relaxed... Because it was driving energy prices through the sky. Why have you relaxed fuel economy standards that are going to create more pollution from cars well, and Well, not trucks. really, because what's happening is the car is much less expensive and it's a much safer car, and you're talking about a tiny difference, and then what would happen, because of the cost of the car, you would have at least double and triple the number of cars purchased. We have the old slugs out there that are 10, 12 years old. If you did that, the car would be safer, it would be much cheaper by $3,500. But $3, in, the, in the case of California, they'd simply no, ignore... No, but you would take a lot of cars off the market, because people would be able to afford a car now so and by the way we're going to see how that turns out but a lot of people agree with me many people the car has gotten so expensive because they have computers all over the place for an extra little bit okay. of gasoline and, by the, and 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 i'm okay with electric cars too i think i'm all for electric cars i've given big incentives for electric cars but what they've done in california is just crazy Vice President Biden, I'd like you to, to respond to the president's climate change record, but I also want to ask you about a concern. You proposed $2 trillion in green 
jobs. You talk about new limits, not abolishing, but new limits on fracking, ending the use of fossil fuels to generate electricity by 2035, and zero net emission of greenhouse gases by 2050. The president says a lot of these things would tank the economy and cost millions of jobs. He's absolutely wrong, number one. Number two, if in fact, when, when on, during our administration, the Recovery Act, I was able to, I was in charge, able to bring down the cost of renewable energy to cheaper than or as cheap as coal and gas and oil. Nobody's going to build another uh, uh, coal-fired plant in America. No one's going to build another oil-fired plant in America. They're going to move to renewable energy, number one. Number two, we're going to make sure that we are able to take the federal fleet and turn it into a fleet that's run on their electric vehicles, making sure that we can do that. We're going to put 500,000 charging stations and all of the highways that we're going to be building in the future. We're going to build an economy that, in fact, is going to provide for the ability us to take four million buildings and make sure that they, in fact, are weatherized in a way that, in fact, will, they'll, they'll emit significantly less gas and oil because the heat will not be going out. There's so many things that we can do now to create thousands and thousands of jobs. We can get to net zero in terms of energy production by 2035, not only not costing people jobs, creating jobs, creating millions of good-paying jobs, not 15 bucks an hour, but prevailing wage by having a new infrastructure that, in fact, is green. And the first thing I will do, I will rejoin the Paris Accord. I will join the Paris Accord because with us out of it, look what's happening. It's all falling apart. And talk about someone who has no, no relationship to, with foreign policy. Brazil, the rainforests of Brazil are being torn down, are being ripped down. More, more carbon is absorbed in that rainforest than every bit of carbon that's emitted in the United States. Instead of doing something about that, I would be gathering up and making sure we had the, com the countries of the world coming up with $20 billion and say, here's $20 billion. Stop, stop tearing down the forest. And if you don't, then you're going to have significant economic consequences. What about, what about the argument that President Trump basically says that you have to balance environmental interests and economic interests, and he's drawn his line? Well, he hadn't drawn a line. He still, for example, makes sure that we, he wants to make sure that methane's not a problem. We can, you, you can now emit more methane without it being a problem. Methane. This is a guy who says that you don't have to have mileage standards for automobiles that exist now. This is a guy who says that well, the fact is, it's all true. And here's the deal. talking about the Green New Deal, and it's not $2 billion or $20 billion, as you said. I'm it's $100 trillion. I'm talking about Where they the want to rip down buildings and rebuild the building. No, it's the dumbest, not, most ridiculous, not, where airplanes are out of business, where two-car systems are out, where they want to take out the cows, too. You know, that's not true either, right? This is a $100 trillion. That's more money than our country could make in a hundred years if we're not going by the case. All right, let me, let me, let me, let me, because, because I actually, wait a minute, sir, I actually <laughs> have studied your plan, and it includes upgrading four million buildings, weatherizing two million homes over four years, building one and a half million energy efficient homes. So the question becomes, some, the president is saying, I think some people who support the president would say that sounds like it's going to cost a lot of money and hurt the economy. What it's going to do is going to create thousands and millions of jobs, good-paying jobs. Well, let him finish, sir. 
He doesn't know how to do that. They, the fact is it's going to create millions of good paying jobs and these tax incentives to people for people to weatherize, which he wants to get, get rid of. It's going to make the economy much safer. Look how much we're paying now to deal with the hurricanes. With the deal with, by the way, he has an answer for hurricanes. He said maybe we should drop a nuclear weapon on them. They may. I never said that. That's what, yeah, he did say. You made it up. Uh, and here's the deal. You make up a we, we are going to be in a position where we can create hard, hard, good jobs by making sure the environment is clean and we all are in better shape. We spend billions of dollars now, billions of dollars on floods, hurricanes, rising seas. We're in real trouble. Look what's happened just in the Midwest with these storms that come through and wipe out entire sections and counties in Iowa. They didn't happen before. They're because of global warming. We make up 15% of the world's problem. We, in fact, but the, the rest of the world, we've got to get them to come along. That's why we have to get back into, back into the Paris Accord. All right, gentlemen. Wait a minute, Chris. So why didn't he do it for 47 years? You were vice president. Why didn't you get the world? China sends up real dirt into India. Russia does. India does. They all do. We're supposed to be good. And by the way, he made a couple of statements. The Green New Deal is a hundred trillion dollars. That is not, not my billion. plan. That's the Green uh, well, New Deal. Well, if you want to rebuild every building, my plan. I want to rebuild right. every building. If he knew anything about the military, he said I said something about the military. He and his friends made it up, and then they went with it. I never said it. Okay. That is what not he true. Did, sir, he said, a segment, he called Mr. the military Mr. a Vice stupid President. bastard. I, I did he not said it on tape. He, he said, Mr. stupid Mr. bastards. Sir, stop. I would never say that. Play it. Play it. Go ahead. And, and, Mr. Vice President, answer his, his final question. The final question is, I can't remember which of all was ranting. I'm having a little trouble myself. But, uh, and, and about the economy and about this question of what it's going to cost. The, the, economy, the economy. I mean, the Green New Deal and the idea of what, what the, your environmental change will do. The Green New Deal will pay for itself as we move forward. You're not going to build plants that, in fact, are great polluting plants. Do you support build the Green New Deal? Pardon me? Do you support that? No, I don't support the Green oh, New Deal. Oh, you don't? Oh, well, well that's a big statement. I support that means you the, the radical left. I, su okay. I support oh, the don't. Biden plan that I put forward. Okay. The Biden plan, which is different than what he calls the radical Green New Deal. All right, gentlemen, final segment, election integrity. As we meet tonight, millions of Americans are receiving mail-in ballots or going to vote early. How confident should we be that this will be a fair election? And what are you prepared to do over the next five plus weeks? Because it'll not only be to election day, but also counting some ballots, mail-in ballots after election day. What are you prepared to do to reassure the American people that the next president will be the legitimate winner of this election in this final segment? Mr. Vice President, you go first. Prepare to let people vote. They should go to IWillVote.com. Decide how they're going to vote, when they're going to vote, and what means by which they're going to vote. His own Homeland Security Director, and as well as the FBI Director, says there is no evidence at all that mail-in ballots are a source of, of being manipulated and cheating. They said that. 
The fact is that there are going to be millions of people because of COVID that are going to be voting by mail-in ballots, like he does, by the way. He sits behind the Resolute Desk and sends his ballot to Florida, number one. Number two, we're going to make sure that those people who want to vote in person are able to vote because enough poll watchers are there to make sure they can socially distance. The polls are open on time, and their polls stay open until the votes are counted. And this is all about trying to dissuade people from voting because he's trying to con to scare people into thinking that it's not going to be legitimate. Show up and vote. You will determine the outcome of this election. Vote, vote, vote. If you're able to vote early in your state, vote early. If you're able to vote in person, vote in person. Vote whatever way is the best way for you, because you will. He cannot stop you from being able to determine the outcome of this election. And in terms of whether or not when the votes are counted and they're all counted, that will be accepted. If I win, that will be accepted. If I lose, that will be accepted. But by the way, if in fact he says he's not sure what he's going to accept, well, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter because if we get the votes, it's going to be all over. He's going to go. He can't stay in power. It won't happen. It won't happen. So vote. Just make sure you understand you have it in your control to determine what this country is going to look like the next four years. Is it going to change? You get four more years of these lies. Mr. President, two minutes. So when I listened to Joe talking about a transition, uh, there's been no transition from when I won. I won that election. And if you look at crooked Hillary Clinton, if you look at all of the different people, uh, there was no transition because they came after me trying to do a coup. They came after me spying on my campaign. They started from the day I won and even before I won, from the day I came down the escalator with our first lady. They were a disaster. They were a disgrace to our country. And we've caught them. We've caught them all. We've got it all on tape. We've caught them all. And by the way, you gave the idea for the Logan Act against General Flynn. You better take a look at that because we caught you in a sense. And President Obama was sitting in the office. He knew about it, too. So don't tell me about a free transition. As far as the ballots are concerned, it's a disaster. A solicited ballot, okay, solicited is okay. You're soliciting. You're asking. They send it back. You send it back. I did that. If you have an unsolicited, they're sending millions of ballots all over the country. There's fraud. They found them in creeks. They found some with the name Trump. Just happened to have the name Trump just the other day in a waste paper basket. They're being sent all over the place. They sent two in a Democrat area. They sent out a thousand ballots. Everybody got two ballots. This is going to be a fraud like you've never seen. The other thing, it's nice on November 3rd, you're watching and you see who won the election. And I think we're going to do well because people are really happy with the job we've done. But you know what? We won't know. We might not know for months because these ballots are going to be all over. Take a look at what happened in Manhattan. Take a look at what happened in New Jersey. Take a look at what happened in Virginia and other places. They're not losing 2 percent, 1 percent, which, by the way, is too much. An election could be won or lost with that. They're losing 30 and 40 percent. It's a fraud and it's a shame. And can you imagine where they say, uh, you have to have your ballot in by November 10th, November 10th. That means that's seven days after the election, in theory, should have been announced. Okay. We have major no, states with that. Uh, sir, All run by Democrats. Two minutes. Two minutes. All you're, run you're, by you're, Democrats. It's President a, Trump, it's a rigged I, I, election. I, I, you're going to be able to continue. You have been charging for months that mail-in balloting is going to be a disaster. You say it's rigged, that's that it's going to lead to fraud. But in 2018, in the last midterm election, 31 million people voted mail-in voting. That was 
a quarter, more than a quarter of all the voters that year cast their ballots by mail. Now that millions of mail-in ballots have gone out, what are you going to do about it? And are you counting on the Supreme Court, including a Justice Barrett, to settle any dispute. Yeah, I, th I think I'm counting on them to look at the ballots, definitely. I don't think, well, I hope we don't need them in terms of the election itself. But for the ballots, I think so. Because what's happening is incredible. I just heard, I read today, where at least 1% of the ballots for 2016 were invalidated. They they take them, we don't like them, we don't like them. But they what are you going to do about it? There are millions of ballots going out what right now. What you do now. is you, you go do? and vote. You do a solicited ballot, no, no, and that's I'm okay, not, I know or you complaint. go and vote. I'm asking you about the fact that millions of people... You go and vote. You go and vote. No, but like they, is, like they used to. The the millions of people... You either do, Chris, a solicited ballot where you're sending it in, they're sending it back, and you're sending... They have mailmen with lots of... Did you see what's going on? Take a look at West Virginia, mailmen selling the ballots. They're being sold. They're being dumped in rivers. This is a horrible thing for our country. There is no. This is not. There is no. This is not going to end well. There is okay. No this is not that. going Vice to President end well. Five states fact, had mail-in ballots for the last decade or more. Five, including two Republican states. And you don't have to solicit the ballot. It's sent to you. It's sent to your home. What we're saying is, they're saying is that it has to be a postmark by the time, by election day. If it doesn't get in till the 7th, 8th, ninth, it still should be counted. He's just afraid of counting the votes. Because you're wrong. You're wrong. No, I, no, I, want, I want to continue with you on I this. I love Vice President, President Biden. Because Chris, he's so wrong in, when he makes in a statement fact, no, like that. Excuse me. Vice President Biden, the biggest problem, in fact, over the years with mail-in voting has not been fraud historically. It has been that sizable numbers, sometimes hundreds of thousands of ballots are thrown out because they have not been properly filled out or there is some other irregularity or they missed be fraud. the deadline. So the question I have is, are you concerned that the Supreme Court with a Justice Barrett will settle any dispute? I am concerned that any court would settle this because here's the deal. When you, when you file, when you get a ballot and you fill it out, you're supposed to have an affidavit. If you didn't know, you have someone say that this is me. You should be able to, if in fact you can verify that's you when the, before you the ballot is thrown out, you, that's sufficient to be able to count the ballot because someone made of, a mistake and question. not dotting the correct eye. Who they voted for, testify, say who they voted for, say it's you, that is totally legitimate. All right. Excuse Finally, me. No, no, no. When you I have, have a final, million I, ballots, gentlemen, I have a final Senate question. Senate is swamping the I, system. I, I, you, 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 you know it can't be done. You know it can't. And already all right. there's been so now fraud. Mail service delivered to 185 million people. Final question is, in eight ballots. states, we can keep talking. It's, it's, in eight it's, states, it's election workers are sure. prohibited, currently by law, eight states, from even beginning to process ballots, even take them out of the envelopes and yes. flatten them until Election Day. That means that it's likely, because there's going to be a huge increase in mail-in balloting, that we are not going to know on election night who the winner is, that it could be days, it could be weeks, could be months. until we find out who the, the, the new president is. So I, first for you, sir, finally for the, for the vice president, I hope neither of you will interrupt the other, will you urge your supporters to stay calm during this extended period, not to engage in any civil unrest, and will you pledge tonight that you will not declare victory until the election has been independently certified? 
President Trump, you I'm go first. I'm urging my supporters to go into the polls and watch very carefully because that's what has to happen. I am urging them to do it. As you know, today there was a big problem. In Philadelphia, they went in to watch. They were they're called poll watchers, a very safe, very nice thing. They were thrown out. They weren't allowed to watch. You know why? Because bad things happen in Philadelphia, bad things. And Are I you- am urging... I am urging my people. I hope it's going to be a fair election. If it's a fair election, I am 100% on board. But if I see tens of thousands of ballots being manipulated, I can't go along with that. And I'll tell you what, what, from a common sense, I'll tell you what it means. It means you have a fraudulent election. You're sending out 80 million ballots. They're not not equipped. These people aren't equipped to handle it, number one. Number two, they cheat. They cheat. Hey, they found ballots in a waste paper basket three days ago, and they all had the name military ballots. They were military. They all had the name Trump on them. Vice President Biden, Biden, final question for you. Will you urge your supporters to stay calm while the vote is counted, and will you pledge not to declare victory until the election is independently certified? Yes, and here's the deal. We count the ballots, as you pointed out. Some of these ballots in some states can't even be opened until Election Day. And if there's thousands of ballots, it's going to take time to do it. And by the way, our military, they've been voting by ballots for since the end of the Civil War, in effect. And that's, and that's what's okay. going to happen. Why was it not? Why is it for them somehow not fraudulent? It's the same process. It's honest. No one has established at all that there is fraud related to mail-in ballots, that somehow it's a fraudulent process. It's already been established. Take a look at Carolyn Maloney's race. You had an opportunity to respond. Look at Carolyn Maloney. They have no idea what happened. Go ahead. He has no idea what he's talking about. Here's the deal. The fact is I will accept it, and he will too. You know why? Because once the winner is declared after all all the ballots are counted, all the votes are counted, That'll be the end of it. That'll be the end of it. And if it's me, in fact, fine. If it's, if it's not me, I'll support the outcome. And I'll be a president not just for the Democrats. I'll be a president for Democrats and Republicans. Oh, that, and this guy, I want to see honest okay. ballot count. Gentlemen, will you say that's the end of it? This is the I end of this debate. ballot count. We're going to leave it there. Too. Uh, to be continued as in more debates as we go on. Uh, president Trump. Vice President Biden, it's been an interesting hour and a half. I want to thank you both for participating in the first of three debates that you have agreed to engage in. We want to thank Case Western Reserve University. All I could say is, wow. Um, well, that's not really all I could say. I've got, I could say a lot, which would probably take up the next uh, hour and 15 minutes. So we definitely have plenty of time here uh, for our commentary and analysis. And I, I got pages and pages of notes here. Uh, but, of course, uh, I'll talk last here on Bard's Logic. Uh, yeah, I do see a number of callers in. Just push the one on your number dial, and I will get you into the show if you want to give us uh, your commentary. If not, you'll just be uh, hearing my commentary and all my notes for the, the next hour and 15 minutes. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and uh, get Joseph back on. Uh, uh, thank you for holding, Joe. Uh, Joseph, you know, again, I don't know if you or our listeners uh, heard the entire or watched uh, the entire debate or you know, debate in its entirety. I know I did, and that's actually the second time uh, that I heard the debate. And i tell you what, I actually think that 
people who watch the debate actually just listen to it. Just listen to the debate because after just hearing it, it's it's. it's I mean, optics are important. I know, uh, but just even just hearing it, it, it wasn't came as, as bad as I as, as I thought. Because I mean, I was I was furious with Trump last night. Like, dude, I mean, even I was thinking mm, he might want to just stop. But the thing is, is he would have got railroaded. I think. Uh, I think Wallace would have railroaded him uh, last night and just let Biden get away with even more. Uh, that he's got. I mean, there's a number of lies, and we'll, we'll touch on that later. There's a number of lies that Wallace didn't say anything about let Biden get get away with. But what, what's your take on that, uh, Joseph? Joseph, you still there? Got your mic on. Okay, well, uh, Joseph, when you're ready, just uh, turn on your mic, and we will uh, we'll, you know, get you in. Uh, just if those who are out there, do not let your um, uh, don't let your your, your mic or drop uh, the battery or whatever. Or uh, few minutes, you won't be able to chime in. Um, normally, I'll do some green room. Uh, got eight four five uh, wanting to chime in. Uh, normally, what I'll do is I would uh, do some green room, get your name. Uh, but we'll go ahead and, and, and open it up. And if you could just give us the name and uh, the state you're hailing from, uh, we'd be, you know, fine with that. Uh, and so thank you very much for coming to the show. Uh, Eric, you're at 845. Can I get your name and which state you're calling? Hi, this is this is Mike from New York. I've called in before. You know me. I've called in before. Yes, but, I uh, do. Yes, I do. Yeah. And, Good to uh, hear from you. How you know, you the from New York? Oh, doing all right. We're hanging in over here. But the only thing is, which which is tricky, I wanted to point out for everybody that was listening, there was another voice that was in the background. It wasn't Trump. Somebody else that was like it was a recording in another room. Somebody else sounded like they were in the background, yeah, that was me. which made it okay, which made it confusing because I don't want somebody else to think that all of that dialogue was Trump in the background. Right. You know what I mean? And say, what Some was it? Was no, me. that wasn't Trump. Okay, yeah. As long as they understand that that there was another person that was in that recording. And um, another thing, when you look at stand back from the from the whole debate and everything. Never mind what subjects they tried bringing it up and everything. But when you're in a debate with somebody and you're taking it serious, you have an expression on your face, you're serious, you're angry, you're whatever, you're trying to get your point across, you're staying focused and everything else, you're not smiling. When somebody you're debating with is smiling and turning it into a joke, what does that tell you about the person you're trying to discuss things with? That, that they're empty-handed. They have nothing. That they have, no, they have no facts or anything, and, and they're turning it into a joke that's smiling, trying to deflect, turning it into a game. You think by smiling, Biden was grinning ear to ear to ear when he had nothing to, to say or defend Maybe himself, he's turning it into a joke. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I was watching and saying, what is he doing? And why are his cult member followers that are out there accepting that? But they were accepting it. Instead, they were looking at, oh my goodness, how unpresidential that Trump person is. Oh, look at how horrible. There's no respect, and he's the president. What do you expect him to do? You People have treated him like crap since day one. You've worked against exactly. him. You've spent millions of taxpayer dollars, and you think he's going to come on there with uh, thrilled and, and polite and uh, with decorum and everything and, and treat your people normally after the way you, you've all treated him and this presidency? Is that what you expect? Are you out of your minds? So, I, I mean, you know, they got what they deserve. And they should have. And Trump was hitting him nonstop. What about this? What about that? What about that? And what did Biden have? Nothing. He had nothing mm-hmm. to offer. No, that's not true. That's a lie. That's not true. What about Hunter? No, that's not true. 
He was kicked out of the Navy for cocaine. No, that's not true. Oh, really? Then what is the truth? That's funny. All the newspapers, USA Today and everything else had articles about it. So tell us, Joe, what is the truth then? What's your truth? That's what it comes down to. The truth. And uh, not ours. And they've turned it into a game. It's not Trump turning it into a game. They've been the ones. So they, you know, so anyways, it's uh, very frustrating to watch a lot of it. Um, And then Trump, he went after Wallace, and I'm glad he did in the beginning. To sort of, and then he backed off that, I noticed, a little bit. But at first, he, he tried, to, tried to put him in his place, too. Um, it was, and then, well, he, some of them said, well, he's been, he was confrontational. What are you talking about? People have been confrontational since the beginning, since day one with him. What do you expect him to be? So, you know, it was frustrating, and I could see where they're using it against him. I'm watching, but then again, I've seen three friends of mine who are, Uber liberals on Facebook. One of them said that he couldn't sleep. He only slept two hours last night. It bothered him so much. I guess he said he's he's going for a long walk to try to decompress. What? But this is this is how they are today. These people. Uh, and and you notice how that after he said about the uh, after he mentioned about the Proud Boys and everything. Well, what would you tell them? Then then Wallace said, would you tell your supporters and everything to? And he said, for him to even say that, or to infer that the Trump supporters would be out there like, do you think we're Antifa? Is that what you think we're going to do? Act like you anarchists and well, go Antifa's out there? Well, Antifa's just and, an idea, and, so why, why should Wallace worry about it? Yeah, that's another thing. That's a joke, a complete joke to them. The same way, I guess, the communists are, are an idea, a concept that they don't really exist. Well, yeah, no, uh, yeah, there's a number of them. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's really it was something else to watch that and to read into it what was being said and and what they were doing. But for Wallace to even infer that what would you tell your your supporters? What do you mean? What would you tell your supporters? That was an insult to all of us. Any of the people that mm-hmm. do support, any of the patriots that are out there that do support this country. Yeah, and another thing is, I mean, like, oh, yeah. I'm here. Yeah. So, and another and another thing we got again. I watch the I watch. I was looking at my notes here. And, yeah. you know, I, I noticed that I, – I mean, I, just as I said, maybe just listen to it instead of actually watching it. Because I noticed that I, take, I took a lot more notes as when I was just sitting here watching or listening to the debate uh, than when I actually watched it. Uh, and plus, I think you'll get a better you know, sense of, you know, of the conversation uh, actually right. just just listening to it. No, I know we were uh, – we'll keep you on the line uh, – there and then, but we'll also, uh, Mike, uh, we'll see if Joseph's back in there. Uh, Joseph, uh, are, you, are you still there with us? Absolutely, Robert. Probably, uh, oh, there some, you go. Uh, cell phone difficulties on my end. I apologize, Robert. Oh, no, it's all good. So, um, I heard the debate a second time, and, um, it was like the first time I watched it. Uh, I was pretty much glued onto it, paying attention to everything that was being said by both sides. And, um, you know, like I said, um, Trump really needs to hold his ground. Um, This is an election year. Uh, We can't take any risks whatsoever. Uh, And at the same time, you know, he had control. 
he was the incumbent. He is the incumbent. He is the sitting president. He walked in there with the control. I guarantee you if he would have not interrupted uh, Biden uh, so many times, he would have been able to get a lot more gas out of Biden. Um, I don't think it was a good strategy, uh, and I hope to see that improved upon the second and third debate. Um, Perception outweighs the truth, and um, also there was a couple of topics where his team should have better prepared him, his oppo researchers should have better prepared him. For example, when he was talking about uh, Hunter uh, accepting over $3 million uh, from, I believe, the uh, the mayor of Moscow. Uh, right there, wife, Joe Biden, the wife, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so right then and there, Joe Biden said, oh, that's not true. That's where his team should have prepared him with the sources to cite. Oh, no, no, no. For example, AP came out in 2017 and validated that he did receive that money or so-and-so. Or he could have came out and said, you know, um, no, that's a Pinocchio. You know, have that fact checked. So I think there were a lot of missed opportunities there uh, had he just um, kept his tempo and uh, not interrupted so many times. I have to be honest, at a certain point in time, it was it was starting – to become annoying and what happens unfortunately is that's what people remember that's that's what people will take away from the debate is the distraction uh instead of focusing on the issues people are just going to remember the constant and they're still not stopping talking about it all over social media about the uh, interruptions and how they kind of thought it was more of a standoff between Chris Wallace and Trump. But do you get my point, Robert? They're talking more about it was more like a standoff between Chris Wallace and Donald Trump versus talking more, putting the emphasis on, you know, Trump went in there and he clobbered Biden. And uh, that's, that's, that's where Trump really went wrong. He needs to completely um, not do that in the second and third debate. Well, I think that I mean I don't even know who you know who the his debate prep people are. I mean you mentioned earlier uh, Giuliani. I mean I don't know if he I mean if he really was or wasn't. I mean I I don't know who uh, who were, but I personally I think they need to get Gingrich in there to to, to get him prepared, but. But uh, that's kind of hard since you're just in Italy right now. But I guess he could do teleconferencing, but it's just not the same, I'm sure. But actually, what I think is that I think people are so confident, including myself, to be honest, um, that they, we were going to see Joe Biden do, um, you know, just come out from the gate, you know, basically saying some really off the wall and incongruent uh, things as he, you know, we've seen him do many, many times. I mean, I stated last, I mean, I was kind of surprised uh, that I think how he kept himself together, but I get, you know, my thought on that is uh, two things. One is that Trump was expecting it too. And I think even maybe more, more importantly is that the people who were advising him were saying, you know what, jump on him. Uh, early, I'll jump on him hard and jump on him early, and get him rattled. I think that what Trump tried to do at the beginning was to try to get try to get him, and I think he tried to do this actually throughout the entire debate was was to rattle Biden, and 
Biden was he was not he was wasn't ever rattled that I seen. Now, personally, I think that of course there's I don't have any evidence, and we may not have any yet. It may not ever come any evidence of it. But what I'm I'm speculating is that you know one of the reasons why we are we haven't seen uh, Biden very much is because he's been preparing literally for months for this debate. For months he's been debate he's been. Uh, planning for it, and, and, and who knows? Maybe drugs were involved, and maybe Adderall. Maybe I don't. I don't know much about drugs. I'll be honest with you. I, I certainly don't know much about Adderall. I've, I've never taken Adderall. Um, but through my understanding, with you know, there some certain drugs is that they basically keep you calm. They keep you focused. And I'm not saying he definitely was on it, but it would You know, it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me that you know if they did. Uh, but I think that they're like, oh, well, just you know, do you know, get on them and try get, try to get them rattled, and it and it didn't work. Um, now that being said, I mean, as you as you pointed out, uh, you know, earlier, Mike, that you know, and and I actually, and I said this to people who are like, man, I can't believe Trump was acting like that. It's like, well, you know what? You have people do all, everything that they've done, and here's the worst thing that, and and here's the worst thing that they've done, in my opinion. Is they are placing the death of 200 plus thousand people squarely on squarely on his head, squarely on Trump's head. You know, keep saying and all the violence they're putting square on his head, calling this Trump's America. And even Biden tried to do it to, uh, last night. I mean, could you imagine what what uh, pre, uh, preposition you would be in? If the guy, you know, there's a guy, next, you know, standing next to the guy or person who says you're basically saying you're personally responsible for the death of 205,000, I mean, 204,000, 200 plus thousand of your of the citizens. I mean, let, let me tell you something. That would put me in, you know, that that put me in a, I don't want to say a mood, but yeah, that that put me in a uh, disposition uh, to be like that. Uh, but be that, be that I mean, it's the top of the hour, so we got just about an hour. And so what I want to do at this point is just you know go through some of the uh, the meat of the debate. You know, go through some of the topics. Which yeah, I mean, there's only a few topics that that I see. You know, frankly, it's just on social media. Uh, but what I see, you know, from articles and what people are saying, of course, other media has been putting out there. Is the big thing we're talking about is trying to say that oh, and this was later on in the debate. Uh, is how Trump was, you know, with the, the the Proud Boys, you know. So it's more about the older racism, and you know, was the biggest topic. And all oh, he he said that, you know, he wasn't going, you know, he they kept saying, oh well, he had a, yet another chance to uh, condone uh, white supremacy, you know, and he didn't. Which we we all know that he's he's done that before, and we get to that point. But you know, it's, it started off with the Supreme Court, and it kind of started with the Supreme Court, and as you can yeah, heard it kind of ended with that too because of course that's the big uh agenda uh that that that's come that's here now okay issue that's here now so i guess it is fitting that it started beginning but one thing that wallace tried to do maybe not in the beginning but he certainly tried to do in the end and i'm gonna get your take on it mike and you too because uh, you guys you know both heard it is that trying to he, he's towing the democrat line of trump wants to hurry up and get this person nominated so that it's going to help him in the election, and, and I mean, so again, you know, Wallace is, is towing the Democrat line 
Okay, he's towing the Democrat line. And so what my thoughts are, are on that is that, I mean, for one, throwing, leading questions, trying to set that, you know, trying to set things up and, and kind of taking the Democrat playbook and, and, and instilling it within the debate. And so, Mike, what, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, am I, am I far off with that? With him, with him trying to bring it to an, oh, well, are you trying to hurry her in because in some way you're, you're hoping it can help you out with the, uh, the election? Well, uh, as far as the party goes with Biden, I mean, I thought it was important how Trump brought it up immediately right in the beginning. Do you remember how he said that uh, he said, you're, you're, you don't have the strength. You're going to follow what the party tells you to do. And, and Biden tried saying, I am the party. I am. Right. The, I make my own decision. I don't answer to anybody. And, and he, that was great that, that Trump brought that up there. He should have pushed on forward with it even more. And, and been, I, at this point, I would have been really blunt with him and said, look at your health, Joe. Look at your age. If something happens to you, God forbid, and you end up in the hospital or unable to do the job, that means that is that why Harris was brought in? Do you think the American people want Harris to step in as president? That's not who they're voting for. Are you even going to be able to do this? Or did they make that decision? Because that wouldn't be your decision. You don't control the party, contrary to what you say. He, she could have really pushed it. And that would have scared the hell out of a lot of the, the old school Democrats that are out there. Uh, and he didn't do that. And about the courts, I mean, one thing I, I know we haven't brought it up here in the conversation, but uh, being a gun collector for over 50 years, I'd like to hear about the Second Amendment. And the Supreme Court. I would have loved to hear that brought up because there's a whole voting block there that's sitting on the edge of our seats. We want to hear it from Biden. Now, we already know where we stand with it with Biden and Harris. But I want America to hear it. And I want to hear, see the spotlight on him and him in the hot seat and have him have to open up his mouth and admit it where they stand with the Second Amendment. So the party, yeah, I, I think that that was great that Trump brought that up to expose that, even though Biden, that was kind of bizarre for him to say that, basically, that I am the party, I decide, that's the party, I, I'm, it's like, what, who are you kidding? No, you're not. You're not behind the curtain yeah. running. This, uh, you know, I don't buy it. No, no, he's just, he's just trying, yeah, I mean, he, he just tried to uh, mitigate where uh, that, that, that is a concern. That's a concern with, and, and one of the debates about the debate is who is this debate geared towards? Was it geared to, you know, prop up the, the, each person's face, or was this a debate? And this is how I viewed it. Uh, as I viewed it, this would be a debate to try to get undecided. And the and that's what I've been saying for a while uh, that I, I thought this debate was meant to be. And, and if it is, it's, it's that that's just a, I don't think it bodes well for Trump. I mean, this debate no. was supposed to bring in undecided voters and independents over to Trump. Unfortunately, I don't think this is debate. This is the debate to do that. I don't think this debate would have been successful in that. Uh, and now, if you got now, what you mentioned Democrats is that I'm wondering, you know, because you're all you're all hearing about, you know, with the Lincoln Project and things of that nature. Oh, those Republicans are, you know, are going to vote for Biden or what have you. But I wonder how many Democrats are actually going to vote for Trump. And the reason and you, and you brought something up, you know, or at least alluded to it, uh, Mike, is that one, there, this isn't the Democrat Party of JFK anymore. You know, it's just it's not. It, it's been 
like that pretty much during the Obama administration, but it, I think it's even worse now. So I wonder how many Democrats are going to be like, yeah, the Biden's nothing like JFK, especially as you mentioned, you know, your older Democrats. I was, so, I was in upstate. That, yeah. Okay. I, I was going to say something that was, it was kind of funny. I was in upstate New York. I was went into an antique shop and there's just two old women were running. It was a house turned into an antique shop and, and uh, she's walk- I asked her about some key items, uh, and she walked me upstairs and took me to a case. And, uh, well, there's the item. I said, okay, well, it's not exactly what I'm looking for. And I noticed some black Americana items. And I said, I'm surprised that you have that out. You know, the salt and pepper shakers of Mammy and, you know, the Aunt Jemima cookie jar. And I said, I'm, I'm surprised in this day and age that you have it out. And she got all, I said, don't worry, I'm conservative. It doesn't phase me. I'm into antiques and history. That doesn't bother me. It's, it does a part of history. And she said, I'm so glad you said that. She said, to tell you the truth, myself and Clara downstairs, we're Trump supporters, but we don't say anything because today we don't. She got all nervous. It was hysterical. See, this grandmother like that lady telling me this. And uh, and she, so she said, I want to introduce you to Clara. Come on, we're going to go downstairs. Okay, fine. Let's go downstairs. And Clara, he's one of us. He supports Trump, too. He's a, he's a conservative. He's, I said, yeah. She said, I'm going to tell you, my son is one of those liberals. She said, he is unbelievable, drives me crazy sometimes. I love him. He's my son. And she said, he's, he lives in Florida. And she said, her son told her something very interesting. Uh, he said that all of his liberal friends and everything, all the Democrats that he has down there and everything else, on the QT quietly, they've, they've all been discussing how they're going to be voting for Trump. And I, I looked at her, and she started laughing. He said, you know Why? Why? Because of all the investments and something, their portfolios and their taxes and their stocks. And, and I, I looked at her and said, you're absolutely right. So they can scream and complain and feel like a true liberal while they're on the computer and everything. But when it comes right down to it, their wallet is going to decide for them as do they trust Harris and Biden to protect their investments and their futures? Uh, no, they don't. Does that do those? Does that team of the Democrats of today give them the the, the security that they feel they need in their neighborhoods and their cities and everything? Eh, no, they don't. So who are they going to go for? Even they said what percentage? Sixty five percent or something of Latinos felt that Trump won the election last night. It was because they look at someone that shows authority, someone that shows that they're in charge on that debate, someone that shows that. Yeah, it was aggressive, but that's what they respect because they respect authority. They look at it, and they see that with him, and that scares the devil out of any of the liberals because they don't like authority, whether it's the courts or police or anything else. They don't want authority. They don't want the, they want the court. They want everything to be manipulated. Even the Constitution is a living instrument to them. So he scares them. Anything with authority scares them, and they want to destroy it unless they control it, including the police. Let's defund it. We can't control it. Oh, my God, they're terrible people. They make us do things we don't want to do. So that was interesting for the old woman to say that, that they're voting for Trump because they're worried about the, their money. So I wonder. You're right. I wonder how many of them will. We'll see. Well, and I got an article I um, been wanting to bring up. I'll try to read. Uh, you know, I know reading on the radio is not supposed to be a good, you know, a good thing. Um, and, I, and this is just, you know, September this year. And I, won't, I won't go through the whole uh, whole thing, but this is just because you mentioned it, and I, I don't want to get back. You know, and 
It says Biden's plan to improve the 401k does the opposite. Uh, and so, you know, I mean, uh, gosh, way more time, but I, that's something I definitely want to bring up. Uh, but they're, I mean, they're, they're saying that. I mean, that's, a, a, I mean, I noticed my 401k has gone up, you know, even with the, with the, the pandemic and the, people keep trying to blast Trump. Oh, well, you know, you just care about the, you just care about the stock market. You're just focusing on the stock market. It's like, well, yeah, because at least 50% of the working population has a 401k. You know, so try to, you know, that's going to affect a lot. That's going to affect a lot of people. Uh, but anyway, we got a lot to, to discuss, and unfortunately, not a lot of time. Um, we only have, literally have about 40 minutes before I have to close things out. We got a lot of ground to cover. But, uh, jo- um, uh, Joseph, we're going to bring you back to the next topic, Mike. So, Joseph, I mean, what do you think of them trying to bring in the Supreme Court? Again, you have Wallace, who is towing the Democrat line. You know, they're, they're, they're talking points about, oh, the only reason why Trump wants to hurry up and get this nomination through before the election because he, he thinks it's going to help him out somehow. Uh, you know, what, what's your thoughts on Wallace trying to pull that? And I think Wallace shouldn't be a I, – I, I think he's debating – I mean, he's moderator. And he kept on saying, I'm the moderator, I'm the moderator. You know, I think it's, I think his moderator day should be up. Absolutely. Well, first of all, Fox is insane for even having Chris Wallace still on the payroll. Chris Wallace reminds me of Shepard Smith, who was so anti oh, yeah. that he was turning off so many of the listeners that they let him go. So there's been so many scandals that have rocked uh, Fox over the past few years, especially the sexual abuse scandal with Roger Ailes. So you would think a mega news corporation like Fox would learn from their mistakes, would get their ducks in a row, and would make sure that you know they, you don't have people like Chris Wallace or Shepard Smith that would create conflicts of interest. And yet they defy common sense, and whoever is running uh, Fox besides Rupert Murdoch, you wonder, how did they build the corporation to begin with? Where's their IQ? Where's the level of common sense? Really? So first of all, shame on Fox for keeping Chris Wallace all these years, knowing that he's towing the Democratic line, and then allowing him to be the moderator in presidential debates. So that's the first big issue right there. If you want to solve the problem, you you got to get it at a root over there. You got to nip it at the root or, or nip it in the butt, as they say. And so, you know, you you kind of get what you, you know, or be careful what you ask for or be careful what you wish for. So uh, number two on that, if you look back at the debates from 2016, uh, Newt Gingrich, I forgot what this line was, but one of the moderators threw out uh, a question to him. And Newt Gingrich said, you know, this is the problem with the mainstream media. This is a perfect example of why you guys are so corrupt, that you would, you would ask me such an egregious question. And I'm like, boom, that's what Trump should have did with Wallace when he was bringing up the, the fact that um, Hunter received $3 million from Moscow and his dealings from uh, China. So that's when... Trump should have did what he did in 2016. Uh, so will Fox learn their lesson? I don't know. 
Only time will tell. Uh, clear that Fox is still, as we speak, it's a 50-50 split. What many people don't know on the left is the never-Trumpers, that was started by conservatives. That was not started by uh, progressives. That, 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 that was started by Republicans who were against Trump in 2016. And so we have those never-Trumpers that are out there. And um, so Fox is a 50-50 split. You literally have news anchors that are, you know right off the bat, are not in favor of Trump. Oh, I've been, and, and I've been leaning more towards a, um, One American News lately. Well, for a while now, not just lately. And that may be a better alternative, Robert, because quite frankly, I'm kind of getting oh, tired of seeing that. Oh, yeah, I certainly that, think it is. Uh, no, I, so I, certainly, I certainly think OAN is a better alternative, at least at least during the day. I mean, you got your primetime shows, but beyond, uh, if it wasn't for the primetime shows, I don't, I, I'd watch OAN over uh, One American News over Fox News. Absolutely, and thank God it's primetime for a reason, because give Tucker Carlson and uh, Kennedy and Laura Ingram credit. Uh, they're completely pro-Trump, and that's what I like about the primetime lineup. So uh, the next debate I think is going to be hosted by MSNBC. I'm not sure, the presidential debate. And so you know that once it goes it's into be a town MSNBC's hall, yeah. territory, exactly, or CNN's territory, uh, they're going to make uh, Chris Wallace look like a saint in comparison to what the moderators yeah. are going to try to put them through. So Trump just needs to continue to be dominant in the debates as he was in 2016, and if he can do that, I have every confidence that he will prevail on November the 3rd. But what really scares me, Robert, is I honestly don't think this election will be decided by November 3rd, and lawyers on both sides are already anticipating this because they already have, are forming their legal teams and prep for this, and that's a oh, really yeah. scary scenario. Because it could be a long happens, Christmas season. Exactly, and then the angst that the people are going to feel because of the uncertainty of not knowing what tomorrow is going to bring on top of everything that everyone has endured due to COVID, I think that's going to overwhelm people beyond the point of no return. If anything, that would be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah, I think people are going to want to know. I don't think they're going to want to wait weeks and months and this and that. And and and, and Trump, again, they'll they'll be, they'll try to get him to concede. I mean, and either one of them are going to it's going to be such a, such a push not to. And you're going to see, you know, I, I think you know, once it is, especially if Trump, I mean, if, if Trump is elected again. I mean, I could see, I could certainly see violence in the street. I mean, who knows? Maybe it'd be better off if, if that did happen uh, in December. Maybe it'd be too cold for people to want to get out and start, you know, destroying people's property. Uh, but one of the things, you know, again, the way that they're trying to use COVID, like one of the things, you know, that that I uh, I theorize, and I want to bring this over to you, Mike, is that one of the things that uh, that Biden brought up. Is, is stating that, you know, about health care, right? And he was stating about, you know, oh, with COVID, you know, yes, you had, you know, 7 million people who, you know, survived COVID, 
but that's going to be seen as a pre-existing condition. So now they're trying to say that, so it's like, so are we going to try, you know, and they're trying to say, oh, the only place you can get to, again, I'm, I'm not trying to sound conspiratorial, but because we know they want as many people getting on government health care as they possibly can. And so, and I think Biden was trying to segue into that by saying, hey, look, now that these people have pre-existing conditions, if they had these 7 million people because they were diagnosed with COVID, what are they going to do to try to get health care? Now, one thing he didn't say is perhaps a lot of those people who, if you already have health care and you get a condition, then they don't readjust your health care. They don't readjust it. Um, and through my understanding, if you're with group insurance, if you have a pre-existing condition for group insurance, I don't know, Mike. I mean, I, I've never, I've had multiple jobs through my time, and I've had, you know, I've had both, you know, multiple, ins- you know, insurances depending on who I'm working with. And I don't ever remember them asking about any type of pre-existing conditions for any type of group health coverage. But that's what, the, but that's what Biden's trying to say. Like, well, these seven million people got. You know, COVID, so now they're not going to be able to get any health insurance. Right. Which is what he's alluding to, but it's not true. Yeah, I mean, what he was trying to do is trying to point out and, and to show that Trump was a failure by saying that, well, you said you were going to get rid of uh, Obamacare, and, and you didn't. Oh, yeah, I defanged it and changed it. It's no longer the Obamacare that you know and love. It's not what you created. You might be calling it Obamacare right now, but... We've changed it considerably. We've modified it, and what's left, we're trying to trying to make it work. But we have other things that we want to do to put in play to completely replace what's left of it. And I, you can't work with Congress to get a lot of that done. And, well, and that, they, that's, they're going over yeah. that. You know, they ignore that. Well, that's why the claims, and and, and, and I'm, you know, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm taking it to I'm taking it to Chris Wallace, and that's why the claims and even Chris Wallace was saying, oh well, you know, Trump, you have no plan for health care. You don't have a comprehensive plan for health care. It's like one, you know, as you said, he's got to deal with the Republican House, you know, who's right. been doing nothing but trying to uh, impeach him. So there's that too. I mean, remember when Obama was the, you know, Obama was in office and the Republicans had the House. When they were like, well, how come the Republicans don't have a comprehensive health care plan? I mean, how many years have we been talking about? How many election cycles have we been talking about comprehensive health care, comprehensive, you know, immigration reform? My point on that is, it takes years, to, you know, to yep. come up with. A comprehensive, you know, health plan, especially when you're talking about, you know, them wanting it to be what a sixth of the economy. The health care is what one sixth of the economy, and so they want to. They think it's oh yeah, well we could find we could get a comprehensive health care plan, you know, in you know in four years that Trump's been in office. It's it's not feasible. I don't see where they could where it's feasible. And and Obamacare, okay, Obamacare isn't. You know, they're trying to say, oh, you know, what they try to do say that Obamacare was, you know, comprehensive health care. It wasn't. It was one law. No. It was one yeah. law. Obamacare was. It wasn't comprehensive uh, health care reform. No, there were many facets to it. There are many different parts of it that made up the Obamacare. I mean, there were, I forget how many pages it was, but no, it wasn't one one law like that to make it sound like that. But anything with the government, I mean, it's frustrating. It's frustrating for all of us that. 
it's like they could pass one of these laws or they pass, I see it here in New York all the time. They'll pass a law. They know it's failed. They know it's a flawed law. It's, it's messed up and everything else. But to change it and get rid of it, good luck. Good luck. It takes years. Didn't take that long to put it in place, did it? No, and they know yeah. it takes years. Like this bail reform. How many people are dying right now because of that, being murdered by these people that are being turned around, let loose from prison, murderers and everything else? It doesn't matter. Well, we know it's flawed, but we're going to fix it later. Oh, okay. Later when? At my funeral? Will you, will you put something on my gravestone to let me know afterwards that it, finally we did it? What takes so long? The bureaucracy and, and everybody, we're getting frustrated with everything about this. Not... Not just about this, but even, I mean, they have, I have no doubt that they have evidence in there about all the games that have been played. Everything from Ukraine, Russiagate, all of the conspiracies, everything else. And we get little dribbles that are put out. Well, yes, this latest uh, declassified letter that just came out confirms that. Then why aren't you doing something about it? Why do we have to wait? Why is it being delayed even more? Why are you dragging your feet with this? If you have the evidence, start indicting these people. I don't care whether it's Hillary, Obama, or any of them. Drag them in. Put them in front of a Have a trial. Show the American people, yes, there were problems. And now they're being charged. Well, we have to have another committee meeting, and the bureaucracy has to work, you know. And then we have to have another meeting, and then a Zoom meeting. Then there have to be reports typed up. And I, I've had enough. You've got the evidence. I'm sure you've got it in your hand. And I'm sure Trump has it. He must be frustrated as hell, too. Where is it? Why aren't they doing something about it? So getting rid of Obamacare and all of it, the amount of time this government takes to, to drag their feet and handle stuff, I'm not, I'm not surprised. This is just how the system works. It's, and it, it sucks. But this is what we've allowed them to create. They created it. Now we're stuck with it. Well, yeah, and, so, and, and how many? Yeah, how many years have we have we been stuck with it? And then you have, I mean, you've had bits and pieces like the, you know, good thing you didn't get, you know, a tax burden with the individual mandate. Which who knows if Trump, yeah. if Biden's going to bring that back? I mean, you know, I mean, that's a, that's another thing is that well, if you don't have it, then you're going to get you're going to get a fine. I I had you know someone who I know personally who. He luckily he was on the verge of having to pay that tax penalty, but luckily, you know, Trump got elected and he said, "Nope, you don't have to pay that individual mandate." You know that tax, uh, you know the tax fee. It's like twelve hundred dollars. It was a it was a twelve hundred dollar tax penalty. You know, for not having the health care, and he almost yep. had to pay that. If, if Trump would have got elected, he would have had to pay it. No, but that's what I mean. He, he took a lot of the chunks out of the Obamacare, a lot of the teeth out of it. And so it's not the same Obamacare. They don't want to admit that. They don't want to talk about that. All they want to say is, look, it's still in place. Well, no, it isn't. It's not what people created. That's not in place anymore. You know, it's been uh, chopped up. And it's going to get chopped up even further. And if there is anything good out of it, I'm, I'm sure they'll look at it, they'll redo it, and they'll keep maybe if there's something good in it when they recreate it. But it, the way this, the system works, the bureaucracy, and what Trump's up against with the bureaucracy, I'm, I'm not surprised it's taking so long. And uh, imagine all the staffers and the people behind in the, in the machine, how long it takes to even maneuver in there. It must drive him nuts. It's not like running a business where you can go in and you make the decision. You're the CEO. You can't do it like that in Washington. They've turned it into it's more than a monopoly game. 
It's a nightmare. Well, and we allow and, we allow it Trump, to build into it. And just with that one question, you know, Trump. I mean, our, our Wallace was interrupting uh, Trump, and then you know, gosh, it's, it's, that's going going fast. So I want to make some some bullet points here uh, with, with Tom flying. Yeah. And, and there's also been things where, if you notice during the debate, Trump. I mean, Wallace just kept getting on Trump to have him elaborate on an answer, or you know, you will answer the question. You know, but when it came, like one of the things that he didn't come back with Biden is he, I mean, you know, Wallace, he's, he 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 let totally get away with uh, the the backing the courts, the packing the courts question. Biden, right. and Biden, actually, here's the thing, and Biden actually said, I mean, it's a quote, I'm not going to answer that question. He yeah. actually said, I'm not going to answer that. So he's they don't seriously, care. he's like, I'm not going to answer that question. Yeah. It's it's all a game to these people. They have no respect for it. You know, at one point it would have been great if Trump turned to the camera and pulled what Biden was doing. I hope I hope his handlers, um, his advisors, actually tell Trump to do this: turn to the camera and say, "The man is playing you. He's lying to you. You know, with everything he's saying." And and Trump should say, "I hope you're aware and you're smart enough to pick up on this." Behind all the smiles and everything, there's nothing. He's empty-handed. And this is the person you want to elect? He's lying to you. And, and make it evident, because he's talking to the American public. And, I, and yes, he took it personally. And I agree, he, at some points, he should have calmed down on, on some of it and remembered that, you know, yes, it was personal. I get it, that he was pissed. I don't blame him. I understand it. He was, he was taking it personally because of all the attacks, years of attacks now. And millions of our dollars that have gone against him. But Trump right. should have pointed that out to the camera and pointed out to get the American public well, to understand that he's on our side with us. Say, this is all of us, but he's lying to you. And that's why we have to have more debates, too. I mean, we right. have to. The American we do. people, man, if they try to bail out, and they will. Yep. I mean, they're already talk, there's already Democrats talking about wanting to bail out. Oh, well, you, you shouldn't even bother. That was such a terrible debate. You shouldn't even bother the other two. No, I think that, for one, again, they're trying to ditch tradition, as they always do, because remember, it is the Democrat Party right. that has always been the one saying they want to fundamentally change America. And that's exactly right. what they'll do if they get power. Yep, it's true. And then if that ever happens, then we'll see it taken to the street. Then it's going to be a problem. And well, that and thing that, about that, the defund, do you think they're afraid of the police now? <laughs> they're, they're going to be worried about the police because they're going to be by themselves. They'll be sitting there with their their suits and their African scarves that they wear in their offices, patting each other on the back, wondering who has the guts to go out to pick up a latte because it's not safe in the streets. Uh, this won't end well for them if they try playing that game. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, just another thing, you know, besides, you know, continually interrupting uh, Trump, continually uh, giving, giving him side questions, you know, saying, oh, well, answer this. Uh, he also, you know, was uh, – uh, when he was going after uh, – about the packing court, so he didn't, even, he didn't even make him answer that. Okay. And, and one of the things is he was, he was allowing uh, – Biden to get away with just flat lies, where he didn't say, "Oh, that's not true," or "That's been debunked," like the bleach in the arm. Uh, you you remember that part of the debate where you know Biden was saying, uh, "Oh, well, you know about all oh, that people shoot bleach in their arm," and and 
uh, Wallace didn't say anything like, hey, wait, that's not true. Yeah, Wallace didn't come up to, you know, he didn't come into there defending, no, didn't defend Trump at all. But but Trump was taking him on nonstop. Every time that Biden would open it up and say something that was a lie, Trump was, you know, exposing it. So well, every time, it, it, you know, good for him. I'm glad that he was doing that. But people just interpreted that as saying, well, you're interrupting, you're interrupting. I'm not going to let him spread the lies out, put a piece of crap on the table. I'm going to point it out and say, everybody take a sniff. That's what he put on the table. Yeah, and how many times did yeah, how many times did he you know I should have made a tally when I was taking my notes, but how many times Wallace you know would just not let get let Trump a, the the chance to respond to things? Right. No, it was uh, Wallace was uh, the wrong pick for that. But all the anger that Trump had, it could be seen. But the media is not going to interpret that. They're not going to expose it as anger. They're not going to show it as anger. They're going to show it. This is just a rude, uh, un, very unpresidential person. Uh, no, it's a person that's really pissed off and takes his job seriously for you, the American public. Do you get that? As opposed to the real clown who's sitting there smiling, going, come on, man, that had nothing. Oh, I know. You're the worst president we've ever had. Yeah, this is, that, that's, who, that's who you're going to believe and you're going to back? Is this person that's empty-handed? No. It's, uh, I'd rather have somebody that's serious that comes on there and, and, and shows some authority and takes it on, takes it seriously, what he's doing. Not somebody that takes it as a joke like Biden. So, you know, and I think a lot of America sees that. And I think the further we do, the more debates that we do, I think that will come out. We'll see more of that. But this is a good way to start off. Well, and hopefully, again, hopefully the other two debates. And, and Joseph, one of the things yeah. that has been kind of driving me crazy about Trump and the Trump campaign, and you're talking about, you know, we were talking about earlier tonight, uh, the people who supposedly had him prepared for this debate. Um, I, I, through my understanding, I knew he's not the easiest person to prepare for a debate because he does a lot off the cuff. But one thing I don't understand is you never hear anyone saying, you know, we live in a republic. Uh, what happens in a state, okay, in a city, is uh, in a lot of ways the responsibility of the governor and the mayors of those cities. And if you, I mean, and I did a count one time. It was months ago, maybe maybe a couple months ago, if that, where because time just kind of melting into each other. But if you did the count, the amount of the amount of COVID deaths. If you took, if you counted up all the COVID deaths in the states run by Democrat voter, uh, Democrat uh, governors, and then you took all the deaths from all the states that have Republican governors, the amount of deaths was about about three times higher. From if you added up all the states that you know were had uh, Democrat governors than if the ones that they had uh, time, I mean three times as high, you know, with the with you know with the amount of deaths. You know, there. So you want to, you know, it, again, as Trump always said, is, you know, yeah, well, each death is a, is a, tra- is a tragedy. Uh, but the, the, but they're not looking at that because why, why, the, why, why no one else is mentioning it? Why no one on the, and, and Joseph, I mean, why do you think no one is bringing up, like, you want to throw 200,000 deaths on me, but a lot of it has to do with the way that the, uh, the governors handled it. I mean, any reason why that might not have been brought up? Uh, yes, I couldn't. I couldn't agree with you more. 
absolutely. Um, hold on one second. I'm trying to get into a quiet area. Uh, so, I'm sorry, what was that question again? Well, I mean, one of the things that have, that's kind of been baffling me is that you, you don't hear where they're saying, look, look at the deaths, you know, of, of how come no one's done the math? Where it says, well, if you take all the deaths in states run by Democrats and you compare it by the deaths that are compared by people who have governors, Republican governors, and there's some kind of clicking. I don't know what that is, but um, that, that it was three times as higher. I don't, I don't understand why that's never brought up. Uh, because it's it's not uh, it it it's not the narrative of of the left, unfortunately. That's what it really boils yeah, but down to. We never to. bring it up. Our side never brings it up. Uh, ab- absolutely. Um, it's the left is never going to bring it up because it's it it wouldn't bode well for them uh, in the narrative they're trying to play out. But at the same time. He, there's so many Republicans that lack the courage, that lack the spine that Donald Trump has to bring up a lot of issues. For example, a lot of Republicans have been silent about BLM, about Antifa, about the anarchy and chaos that's been going on for such a long time, uh, not really being forceful in calling that out. So uh, Trump has been the main person to be doing that. So, um, yeah, that's the problem with the Republican Party as well. We're pretty divided and um, you know, we're, we're kind of working against each other, which is not great, and it doesn't allow President Trump to, uh, you know, fulfill all of his presidential duties. So uh, November third is going to be really crucial. They're saying that North Carolina is going to be a crucial battleground state that could be the deciding state for whoever wins the presidency, uh, and um, uh, you know. I'm just worried about the integrity of the election. Uh, I just want this to be all over with really quickly, Robert. I can't wait till November 3rd. Uh, so I could uh, take I a sigh of relief. And... Well, well in one outcome. aspect, <laughs> just, 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 yeah, uh, having him reelected would, would really ease my, my anxieties for sure, Robert. Absolutely. Well, and, you agree and with me too. Things. That's good. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'll be glad once over too, if, of course, with the right, uh, you know, with, with with the way I want to see the election, because I mean, just what what really is at stake. Um, you know, I was, I was on a, um, you know, one of the things, and you know how I feel about this, and we'll see if this even makes it to any of the debates, and I, I doubt it will. Is you know, I was, I was talking with uh, an organization called the Larouche Pack, and you know they're you know, Trump supporting group and, you know, up, go to their conference calls um, almost weekly, but I don't, I'm not able to make it to each one of those. And, you know, a question I pose to them is, I don't know how familiar with either one of you are with the Artemis program. Um, and, you know, the Artemis program is what, you know, Trump put out to, through a private partner, private, uh, public private a partnership uh, with NASA and SpaceX to get us back to to the moon and actually establish, uh, you, you know, things on the moon so that they could get us launched out off to Mars and you right. were in a space program. And, you know, I said, well, what, what do you guys think would happen to the space program, the artist program, if Biden were elected? Were elected? And they said, well, it's done. It'll be over uh, because what it. they'll do is what – 
Well, they'll, they'll not only cut it, you're right, they'll cut it, but not only cut it, they'll do what the Obama administration did with NASA and change it to just, you know, them trying to prove climate science. So instead of space exploration, which NASA is supposed to be, you know, for the most part, you know, it's supposed to be, be you know, for space exploration, they're going to try to use it to, you know, prove sci- uh, climate science. And just and just use it for that, and, and then just to do you know low orbit tech, you know, low orbit technologies instead of doing any type of you know uh, you know space exploration. So that, I mean that I mean that's one of the things that are at stake if, if Biden gets in. And you know they very well make. I mean uh, they they threaten the the pact of courts, but um, if they do, I mean if the Republicans come in, I mean if they ever win the Senate, you know they'll. Uh, you know, the, the Republicans do the same thing. However, if the Democrats are more successful in getting the Senate back, no one thinks D.C. to be a state. I, I don't think that's something that could be done. Uh, but I do say that they, um, you know, they could possibly make Puerto Rico, and you know, Puerto Rico is probably going to have, you know, give them two, uh, two senators. You know, two Democrat senators, and so, and, and that's all just about power. So that's that's definitely something that is, you know, on the line. But yeah, so I mean, you know, I'm kind of getting off topic here because I'm trying to stay on with the debate. But I mean, a part of me is yeah, glad that that when it when when it's is all over because I mean, it's been a grueling. But you know, we're on the home stretch. We still got to fight. Uh, we still got to, uh, you know, do what you know, do whatever we can. I mean, I recently this week uh, got my my daughter registered, and I know it's only you know one other vote, but well, actually two. Her her, her uh, boyfriend uh, is is going is getting registered. You know, she's she's a Trump she's a millennial. She's a you know Trump supporter, and um, you know she's planning on her boyfriend's planning on voting for Trump. And you know, my dad's in a nursing home, so I'm trying to get a hold of the administrator to get him make sure he's registered and, and get an absentee ballot so that you know he can vote. You know all the BS that the the Democrats are going to try to do, uh, you know, with that. And, and so there's a lot of stakes. So I hope, uh, you know, I'm there are part, but I'm, I'm looking. Hopefully, I'm looking forward to the next debate. That's going to be on. I mean, the, there's going to be the eighth is going to be the the vice president. And the, we we really do need two more debates. I know we want it, to be things to be over, but we really do need them. In the meantime, what I really, really, really praying to God happens is that any of this evidence that they have from the NSA, CIA, or anything else that they have that's been buried, uh, that they uncover it, and they use it the day before the second debate to fry either Biden, Biden's son, Hillary, Obama, show who's implicated, everything else, and to expose it and bring charges and have, have SWAT teams go and rip them out of their houses the way they've done with others and pull the same media stunt. And then the day before the debate, and then have Trump stand up there and look at him and say, yes, Joe, anything you'd like to say before we get going with this? And expose it and have it on the table, because that would really set the tone for everything that I've been saying to and then turn to the camera and everything I've been saying to America about how these people have been running this country and who's behind it. Now we're going to see some results. So, Joe, talk to the American people. Explain something to them. They want to hear from you. That would really, that would that would be great. And if that actually waves. happened, I and wish. if that actually happened, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I would actually believe in. I'm, I'm not a believer, so I'll put that out there for you. But let me tell you something. 
if that were to happen, I may be converted. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I wish I converted if something like uh, that would take a miracle. And of course, I'd love deny to see it, that. It lies, this and that. Oh yeah, yep. that'd be yeah, that'd be incredible. I, I, unfortunately, yep. I don't think it is. Um, no, they would have dragged their feet. No, no. No, and then the, and then they've got the media. I mean, you want to talk about fundamental change, and, and I know we're getting off topics, and I only got about uh, not not even 15 minutes, about about 10 minutes for us to close things out for tonight. But uh, and we'll probably talk more about the debate. Uh, you know, so well, no, next week we got another debate to try to listen to and discuss a little bit. But um, yeah, I. I, I Trying to decide which if I want to just get to the next topic or what I was uh, I, I was talking about, but um, you, you know, again, I mean, we're going to need that we're going to need that other debate. I, I think you know because I think Trump, unfortunately, I think Trump's got to do it. Uh, got to be calmer. I mean, I, I understand why, and I mean, again, after listening to it, it didn't sound as bad as actually watching it. And then, of course, I mean, and Wallace. I mean, if, if actually just listen to, it, you'll see how much Wallace was interrupting Trump far more and how he was allowing uh, Biden to, to interrupt Trump far more. And it wasn't, it wasn't reciprocal. Um, and then if you look at the leading questions, you know, that, I mean, well, one thing I like to do, uh, I'd want to do and I just kind of sit down and just write down what questions that, you know, Wallace asked him and then compare it with the questions that, you know, he asked uh, Biden. And he was even actually helping Biden. Like, like one of the things he was, this, uh, the point I want to make is you know, he was actually trying to, you know, put it out to, you know, give a, give cover, I would say, uh, to Biden about, you know, how he's campaigning. He's like, oh, well, Trump, you've been campaigning with big rallies, and and and, and Biden, well, not not with so many. So, you know, he was actually trying to cover, you know, cover for the reason why someone running for president has such a a a, a slow or. or or a small schedule of events, you know, than someone running for, you know, for president. Uh, you know, and then, you know, we mentioned, I just wanted to make a, a comment here about, you know, other things that didn't mention is no, no one even mentioned the riots. I don't understand why that wasn't even uh, mentioned. But anyway, so, you know, of course, you know, when they were talking about the economy, and again, this is another example of, you know, Wallace towing the Democrat line is, you know, recently they came out with all oh, something with, with Trump's taxes and all oh, he only paid, you know, whatever. And, and again, it's like, why is Wallace bringing up, you know, all these different talking points, but he, from the from the left and, and all their narrative, like all the taxes. But, you know, he, I mean, he, we want to know, as you stated earlier, Mike, we want to hear more about, you know, what's going on with Biden. I mean, one thing that he could have brought, I mean, today he could have brought up the he could have brought up the Biden. Hey, you know, there's this uh, these new documents that were made unclassified about how it actually was uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign with the the Trump administration that you were a part of, you know, about the you know the fake information with this Russian agent. Tell us more about that. But Wallace didn't go there, did he? And I doubt that's going to show its way in any debate. And you mentioned earlier, yep. you know, the the next one I think it's going to be by to be by CBS. I mean, not CBS. You know what? Um, CNN, let's be honest, it's CNN, CBS, MSNBC, it doesn't matter. They're all the same. Yeah. Yes, they are. You know, so the next talk, town hall is going to be, be you know, for them, and then, yeah, that's not going to be, be any better. 
Yep. But anyway, so he, you know, he, he was, you know, using the the talking points of of the Democrats, and you know, didn't even bring up anything about that, you know, about that report. Which, which, you know, again, as you said, Mike, I mean, I hope that would be something that would be important, you know, to the to to the people. And I think it would be. I just don't think they'll hear it, unfortunately. Yeah, we. One of the that's one of our biggest problems right now is is the media. I mean, because they're. I put on my town page. I said, you know. Because somebody brought up the debates, I said I'm I'm going to go out of my way to find C-SPAN too because I want to watch the debates without any reporter telling me how I should interpret or view what's said. I don't want to hear. I don't want anyone telling me how to interpret it. I want to decide for myself, and I think it is important for all of us here to do it because uh, maybe a lot of the problems that we've had with our friends and neighbors, they'd still be friends and neighbors if we decided things for ourselves rather than allow ourselves to be told what to think. And uh, nobody oh. took me on. Nobody fought me about it, but it's, it's true. And uh, oh, wow. instead of being spoon fed, uh, they, they don't understand the, the game just continues. The faces change, the, the outfits change, but history, we never learn from history. We never learn. And propaganda, it's still alive today. And, People are like sheep. They just believe what they're told. They believe the talking points. The talking points keep coming up. The lies keep coming up. Even though it's been disproven, it doesn't matter. It's what they, they built they the foundation for their beliefs be on. Yep. That, that, that's how they are. And the, media, and the media knows that. That's why they're always telling they're, – they're, they're, they're giving out misinformation. They're lying yeah. about you know things. They, you, you know, and they know it. They know their people are just going to take – uh, they're just going to take what they say without doing without doing their own research on it. Which just like which just like brings us to one of our other questions when you talk about race, is that you know when Wallace was saying, oh well, you know, do you, uh, are you, you know, I'm paraphrasing. It's basically, are you going to you know allow or you know what? Well, tell I don't want to paraphrase too much, uh, but basically when he was talking about Genosha, right, and he stated that. You know, you know, as we saw in Genosa about white supremacists, and what he was referring to, I believe, uh, was that, you know that 17-year-old boy in Genosa that was actually trying to help shopkeepers from getting their shops destroyed. Well, he he had a gun, and he had a, a, a rifle of some sort, and and what happened is he ended up shooting two or three people out of self-defense, but they they tried to mark him. As a uh, a white supremacist, you know, trying to incite, you know, uh, you know, white supremacists trying to incite it, and then also because we're running out of time, kind of trying to summarize some things. And then you have uh, one of the things you've heard a lot about, I'm sure, if you're on social media, about the Proud Boys, right? Uh, now, yeah. I, I haven't done this, I haven't done any um, verification of this, but through my understanding. Uh, the leader of the Proud Boys is a guy named Enrique Torrio. So if this guy's Enrique Torrio, he's not a white guy. And if he is the head of the Proud Boys, that doesn't sound like a white supremacist group to me. No. And, I, I mean, I was watching uh, the feed the other day when they had the, the Proud Boys were having a rally 
And I think uh, a, a bunch of the guys, CJ and a bunch and of I've the never uh, heard streamers. Of him last night, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, 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 I mean, I never heard much about him. Anyway, I heard one speech by one of, well, it wasn't a speech, an interview by one of their leaders, and he said, no, absolutely not. We are not KKK. We are not neo Nazis. And here's the guy saying that, and I said, okay, no, so that goes count, counter to what, but of course it's going to go against what the media, because the media wants to tag them and label them, and it's worked. It's worked with a lot of their followers have already decided, well, the media said so, so it must be true. They must be, that's it, they're, they're Nazi-type people. Oh, my God, they're evil. Well, they're patriots. That should tell you right there. So anyone that likes the American flag, they're Nazis too. Anybody disagrees exactly. with that? They're Nazis too. Oh my God, the world's yeah. full of Nazis. Or so, Russian, or, or Russian assets. Or Russian yeah. Assets. So, so these guys went to the uh, rally, and right away the Proud Boys had security up, and they went up to the streamers. These, you know, self made journalists or whatever and they said where are your credentials how do you know who are you what's going on and i'm looking on the front there's a probably like a four inch circle a patch the guy's wearing with a swastika and it's got a big black line through it with a circle right on the front of his vest the problem and i went wait a minute so if these guys were neo-nazis that's not very nazi-ish to be wearing a no-nazi a, a, a blacked out swastika. That's what's he doing now? What type of Nazi is exactly. this? Exactly. But and and, and, that, and that, they say that you know Republicans are part of the cold. They drink the Kool Aid, but it's actually right. more of a liberal projection. Which I, I do see. You know what time? Uh, how much time I got? And it's, it's not much. And so uh, oh, one well, of thanks, thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you bringing me in tonight. Oh, uh, you're welcome. I, but I do. I do have a few minutes for some final thoughts. So. Uh, if you have any other final thoughts about uh, you know the debate you want to get out there, and then we'll bring it over to Joseph, and then I'll, I'll close things off. Uh, but yeah, time time certainly went quick tonight. I, I, I hate to say I had to do a lot of things uh, abbreviated because I did take, I said like four pages worth of notes, but I mean, but a lot of it was the same. You know, interrupted, interrupted. And, you know, Wallace was interrupted. But anyway, let's go ahead and uh, you know give you about the, the two and a half minutes there for any closing comments for yourself. And then for uh, Joseph, then I'll have to close things up tonight, and we'll uh, we'll do. We're, I'm thinking about doing an early version next week to so look for that next week, uh, with the show actually starting at about 8:30 uh, instead of 10 o'clock. So it might be starting an hour and a half early because I'm, I'm thinking about covering the the debate live, uh, and then us doing commentary about the 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 vice presidential debate. Uh, so look 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 for us early uh, next week. But go ahead, uh, uh, Mike. Well, I, I hope I hope that if anything that comes out of this, and maybe it'll come out because it didn't come out this time, where America would pay attention to the fact that President Trump Trump took this seriously. He took these debates seriously. Yes, he was aggravated by what he's been through, and by all the lies and the games, and, and frustrated. And it came out; it showed in his anger. But he had anger. He takes his job seriously and the position he's in seriously, and he is proud. And you know what? I don't care if it's his ego coming out because that pride in the job he's been doing is servicing is serving who? It's serving us. It's serving America. So if he wants to pat himself on the back and he's he's got an he's an egomaniac, good for him. Have at it because in the end we're the ones that are winning. And if that's what it takes to get a politician that does the job at this point, good for us. And we're lucky to have him in that position. And because the option is Biden that sat there smiling and had nothing. Empty hands. He had nothing except smiling. 
Come on, man. He had nothing. And so I, I don't want somebody that's smiling and making a joke out of it. That's all he could do because they had no defense. He had no facts to bring to the table. He had nothing to bring except sarcasm and laughing. That's not a debate. That was a massacre. So anyway, that's, uh, you know, I'd like that to be considered, but I've never heard anybody say any of that on the media, and they're not going to. They don't want Trump to be taken seriously. Anyway, thanks for having me on. They never did. You're welcome, Hippo. We'll see you next week, Mike. Go ahead, Joseph. Definitely from a campaign perspective, this is a wake-up call for the Trump team. They have to uh, get their ducks in a row, especially with the second and third debate. This is a reality check. Uh, They need to get everything uh, working uh, and executing uh, in the manner that is going to benefit the campaign best and uh, send the message clearly to the American people and make the argument as to why Donald Trump should be reelected for the presidency of the United States. And uh, I'll leave you with that. Uh, always a pleasure, Robert. God bless you uh, and your family. And uh, God bless the United States of America. Have a good night. Good night, Mike. Thanks, Joseph. And all that to, good, good to, night. to you and yours. Um, and, and yeah, so we're going to look at doing a, an earlier show next week uh, so we can you know cover the uh, – the vice presidential debate, give our, you know, commentary and analysis of that and do the same with the other debates. And I agree with you there. They, um, I'm, they have to have uh, the two other debates. I, I don't know how many, you know, I don't know how much the debate really either helped or hurt Trump. Uh, I, I don't think it got him a lot of the, uh, the independent voters that, that needs to be, uh, that, that he'll need. Uh, how much of that he'll need, it just depends. Was he able to expand his base? I mean, if he's got a, if he can get all the people to vote for me that last time, he'll be fine. But if not, uh, then then it'll be then it'll be closer. Obviously, I mean, at this point, I know all the polls say Biden's sure, and they're saying he's, you know, seventy to eighty percent, you know, that he's going to win. Of course, they said all that type of stuff with uh, Hillary too. It, it just you don't you don't know, and that's kind of the stress of it. And I think that's why, you know, because we don't know. Uh, Joseph, you're like, oh, I just want this to be over. But even, even, unfortunately for us, and I'm actually off that week too uh, from work, thankfully, um, is that we, we might go that night, that week, and as Trump alluded to, maybe even months before finding out who the, the president is. But until, yeah, thank you again, both of you, for, uh, for coming on, for all those who are listening, whether you're listening live uh, now or listening to the podcast. Uh, go ahead and go to here to uh, Blog Talk Radio and get the link. Uh, so that you can share it with your friends so they can uh, hear to the show as well, perhaps uh, as every night. And that is with the song of Aubrey Ashburn. Take care, and we'll see you then. Good night. Good night. Mm-hmm.